the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get to a uh, hump day today. It is uh, Wednesday, hump day, middle weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. It's uh, really kind of unbelievable that we're in the middle of the week already and uh, moving towards the weekend. It's going to be, as you just heard, the weather going to be a little bit wet tomorrow. Uh, They're saying maybe up to an inch of rain, a little bit of flooding. When you think about how wet it has been over the last about six weeks, so we got more of that coming tomorrow, and then it's going to clear out. We're going to have a pretty, uh, looks like to me, good weekend. Friday is looking up in the upper 70s, and then maybe uh, low 80s on Saturday, mid-70s on Sunday, and then all of next week, when I've been looking at the... uh, uh, forecast is calling for cloudy skies and possible showers every day so we'll just have to see how that all turns out as we get into you know the april showers bring may flowers whole routine hopefully the april showers will get out of here got a good show for you today we'll talk some topical stuff here the first uh, about 90 minutes and then congressman uh, hill is going to come in he is in town, so he's going to come sit down in studio. So if you want to uh, make sure that you're near a computer or your phone or whatever and want to log into my Facebook Live broadcast, you can uh, watch what's going on in the studio as he's talking to me. Four o'clock, Joe and Duck stop by, talk a little bit about cars and things that are going on in the auto industry. And then the last hour, Robert Steinbach's going to stop by And, uh, you know, there's all these Democrats talking about impeachment. Well, we're going to sit and we'll spend the five o'clock hour talking about impeachment. And why would you even do it if you're a Democrat other than to throw red meat at the hard left? And if you throw red meat at the hard left, there's a very good I guess the only reason you would do that is if you're trying as hard as you can to get yourself the nomination for the Democratic Party. Because those are the people that are turn out when um, March rolls around and uh, the other months next, uh, early next year to determine who's going to, you know, carry the flag for the Democrats uh, into the convention. So we'll have to see how uh, that all works out. And, uh, you know, how far left can you go? And hope that the majority of people will forget about it when you start your real campaign, if you happen to get the nomination to run for president, because you cannot run hard left or hard right, because that's not what the where the majority lies. It lies uh, somewhere in that nebulous middle. I think uh, the country as a whole leans Center right, not center left. So we'll just have to see how it all turns out. 
That's why you listen to this show, because we talk about that stuff all the time. All right, so yesterday we talked about uh, Kamala Harris and cut number seven. Let, let's remind everything what Kamala Harris said yesterday, uh, Russ, about uh, after uh, Bernie Sanders was up on the CNN uh, town hall and he talked about uh, even if you were the you know the the Boston bomber you should be able to continue to vote in our elections and she uh, agreed with that kind of talked around it but here's what she said got seven of felons being able to vote while serving in prison He's, he was asked specifically about people like the Boston Marathon bomber also, people were convicted of sexual assault. And he said, this is a quote, the right to vote is inherent to our democracy. Yes, even for terrible people. Do you agree with that, Senator? I agree that the right to vote is one of the very important components of citizenship. And it is something that people should um, should not be stripped of needlessly, which is why I have been long an advocate of making sure that the formerly incarcerated are not denied a right to vote, which is the case in so many states in our country, in some states permanently deprived of the right to vote. And these are policies that go back to Jim Crow. These are policies that go back to the heart of, of policies that have been about disenfranchisement, policies that continue until today, and we need to take it seriously. But, but people who are in, convicted in prison, like the Boston Marathon bomber, on death row, people who are convicted of sexual assault, they should be able to vote? I think we should have that conversation. All right, so she doesn't, she never, ever takes a stance, so to speak. I think we should have that conversation. I pointed this out to you yesterday. That's one of her favorite statements. And what that allows her to do is gives her all kinds of slap room because she's not really taking a stand on any issue. I think we should have a discussion about that, which means that uh, if the discussion happens and there's a lot of pushback about it, then she can say, well, we talked about it. People don't want it. So. I can't go along with it. Or perhaps they say the people want it, so we'll just keep it the way it is. And she'll go with that. To give you an idea of how that works, yesterday she was asked about it again. And uh, this is what she said about talking about terrorists. Cut number one. We right now have got a lot of work to do with the people in our country who have served their time and have been prohibited from voting. But, you know, um, do I think that people who commit murder, people who are terrorists, should be deprived of their rights? Yeah, I do. I'm a prosecutor. I believe that in terms of there, there has to be serious consequence for the, the most ex- extreme types of crimes. Okay. So what does she believe in? You don't know. She just said, I think we should have that conversation. And there, there's no conversation. Or I guess she could say she was having a conversation with a reporter. She'll say whatever she thinks she needs to say to get the nomination from the Democratic Party. Which, if I were a Democrat, which, thank God I'm not. But if I were a Democrat, uh, I would look at her two answers there and say, um, Well, depending on which side I fall on that, I could say, well, she might make an all right president. 
But if you're a thinking Democrat, uh, you probably would say this is not the kind of woman that I want to to uh, to vote for. Remember, she said in that first cut from yesterday. All right. Twenty four hours ago. Made the statement. I think that's a you know, that's a, you know, a, a conversation we should have. Now, when you say you want to have that conversation and you don't give any principle that you stand on for wanting to have the conversation, it either means you've already made up your mind and you're just not saying it, or you're just brain dead, and so you don't say anything at all. But she sounds like she's made a decision and understand what has happened in that 24 hours. All kinds of uh, op-eds have been written. All kinds of talking heads on television have uh, given their opinion. And it has not been the kind of opinion that uh, if you're hoping to win the nomination, you probably want to be getting. Uh, Sanders got lambasted, and so did she. She did as well. And people were saying that she believed that, of course, um, terrorists should uh, have the right to vote as well and she changes her mind now and comes out very very clearly well let's play it again cut number one again this is kamala harris listen to what she says we right now have got a lot of work to do with the people in our country who have served their time and have been prohibited from voting. But, you know, um, do I think that people who commit murder, people who are terrorists, should be deprived of their rights? Yeah, I do. I'm a prosecutor. I believe that. There you go. There there has to be serious consequences for the the most extreme types of crimes. See? Now, when the pushback occurred, after the pushback, now all of a sudden, she absolutely knows what she wants to do. Standing there on stage with the rest of them, she's going to take the, the stance of the crowd. But when she gets off on her own, nope, yeah. too bad. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting. But, I mean, that last piece that we played was her giving her her belief. What she said when she's on the stage is, yeah, I think we should have that conversation. Let's see. We should start keeping count of this, Russ. How many times she uses that when she answers questions? I think we should have a conversation about that. Because, see, that's no answer at all other than say, let's talk about this. Some sure, more. you can keep your doctor. Yeah. That, thank you very much. Yeah, same thing. Absolutely. Works the exact same way. Don't take a stance. You just don't take a stance. All right. We'll go ahead and get our break in here. Got a lot of things to talk about here, and I, I love, but I love that one because it is just so blatant. I mean, that, that's less than twenty four hours later. It's just so blatant of what the uh, what Kamala Harris is doing. All right, let's get a break in. When we come back, we'll do more uh, today. We're going to hear from Scarborough uh, Chavitz had something to say about the Democrats uh, talking about giving voting rights to felons. Is one of the people pushing back out there? We'll hear that first when we come back. You just, uh, you know, at that point, if you're Harris and you're hearing people say this and it's a Republican that's saying it. And in fact, it was a Republican that was just in the Senate not too long ago. Bottom line is, you know, it's going to come up in the race. 
So you better start finding some ground uh, that you're going to be out there because you're going to be asked that question several times. So how are you going to answer it? I still think that she'll change her her views on it some more. She'll she'll say she has to have more conversation about it. That's that's my thought. We got more to, to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show, one hundred one point one FM. The answer. Okay, so uh, how about we talk a little bit about gun control, and we'll talk about Harris some more. Remember what she had to say uh, that we played yesterday from the CNN town hall. Dealing with uh, gun control. This is cut eight. As a future educator, I am really bothered that public schools are being targets for uh, mass shootings. Uh, two days ago was the 20th anniversary of the Columbine massacre, yeah. but still two decades later, no major gun control legislation has been passed. Yeah. So my question is, as president, how will you go about keeping our schools safe and keeping guns out of the hands of those who should not have them? Thank you, Ben. And I'm sure that there are plenty of students here who, while you were in um, high school, even middle school, that you had to participate in a drill, right, where you were convened and your teachers taught you about how you need to go and run in a closet because there may be a mass shooter roaming the hallways of your school. And in our America, that should never have to happen. Conversations take place every night. Conversations take place every night between students and their parents. Why do these things have to happen? Why do we have to have a drill like that? To which, of course, the response is because there are people in Washington, D.C., supposed leaders, who have failed to have the courage to reject a false choice, which suggests you're either in favor of the Second Amendment or you want to take everyone's guns away. Supposed leaders in Washington, D.C., who have failed to have the courage to recognize, you know what, you want to go hunting, that's fine. But we need reasonable gun safety laws in this country, starting with universal background checks and a renewal of the assault weapon ban. But they have failed to have the courage to act. So, Ben, here's my response to you. Upon being elected, I will give the United States Congress 100 days to get their act together and have the courage to pass reasonable gun safety laws. And if they fail to do it, then I will take executive action. And specifically, what I will do is put in place a requirement that for anyone who sells more than five guns a year, they are required to do background checks when they sell those guns. I will require that for any gun dealer that breaks the law, the ATF take their license. And by the way, ATF, alcohol, tobacco and firearms. Well, the ATF has been doing a lot of the A and the T, but not much of the F. And we need to fix that. Okay. So that's what she said at CNN Town Hall. Uh, It wouldn't go down that way because she wouldn't be able to do most of what she's saying that she would want to do. My something uh, we shouldn't have to have this discussion with our children about a shooter coming into a school. Well, you know what? You shouldn't have to have a discussion with your child that there are people that walk in the street that would like to take take them, kidnap them, and do all kinds of despicable sexual things to them. But you have to because it's the world we live in. It's the same way dealing with guns. I mean, I guess we could get rid of sexual uh, assault if every man had to be neutered. And we wouldn't have to worry about it. 
I don't now I'm not trying to give the Democrats any kind of ideas here. Okay, I'm just saying. If you if you took away quote the weapon, then you don't have to worry about the crime. It would be a self-correcting population error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, it's just, it's that's such a straw man argument. That's so easy to put down. It really is. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel West was out talking about uh, Harris as well and her threatening executive action against the Second Amendment. Here's what he had to say. You heard? Uh, did you hear Kamala Harris? Well, you know, the interesting thing, I was flying back to Dallas, but of course, uh, you know, I checked, uh, you know, email and checked some news feeds and, and I saw what she had said. And again, I think this is absolutely appalling. Uh, obviously, uh, for the progressive socialist left, the rule of law and, and our standing laws, our Bill of Rights means nothing unless it coincides with their ideological agenda. And uh, we, we don't need new gun laws. We just need people to uh, enforce the laws that are on the book. And Mark, what I find very interesting is that we have a house of representatives that just uh, a couple of months ago they voted that uh, illegal immigrants who are trying to purchase a firearm should not be reported to uh, immigration uh, customs enforcement to ice agency so uh, you know they are siding with illegal illegal immigrants against law-abiding uh you know legal gun owners in the united states of america so this is about domination this is about control this is about tyranny there you go. Thank you very much there, Mr. West. Great job, Lieutenant Colonel. You did a great job of, of shooting that down. You think about that. Yeah, we want to you know go ahead and we want to make sure that you legal Americans, you citizens of the United States, uh, cannot buy the firearm that you would want to buy unless you jump through every hoop that we, uh, of course, put up and when we set them on fire as well. You know, when you have the... When you really wanted to up the uh, excitement and the threatening uh, feel of a trick in the circus, what did they used to do? They'd have they'd be jumping through the hoops, right? Maybe the maybe it was the lions. The lions that was always a big thing. They would have the hoop that they would jump through, and then they would up the ante. They would light the hoop on fire because. All animals are afraid of fire, supposedly. And so they'd light the hoop on fire, and then the, the lion would jump through the hoop, and it was on fire. So it was a well-trained lion. Well, they do the same to us. They make us jump through hoops, and then they set the hoops on fire. So I guess at that point they think that we're, we are well-trained uh, citizens. And uh, at that point, we are taking a knee to the tyranny of the ruling class. But remember that if you're an illegal and you go and they know that you're an illegal and you buy a gun, you're not to be turned into ICE. Mm-mm-mm. No, not right for you to be, you know, hit for being for breaking the law. No. Can't do that. We'll put that in, put that gun in your hand, and maybe you go down to the Embarcadero there in San Francisco and 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 shoot an unarmed innocent citizen and uh, and kill her. You know, maybe you'll do that. Hmm. But that's just another citizen. We want to make sure that the the illegal doesn't have anything like that happens. All right, Chavez uh, had something to say about Harris as well. 
and Sanders and about voting rights uh, for felons. We're going to talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget that uh, we've got uh, about a minute of news for you right now. Catch up on what's happening in the world, and we'll make some money so we can keep the lights on here. We'll do that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad that you uh, made some time in your day to listen to the show um, here because I, I think that we offer some things that other people don't, and uh, we'll give that to you. Uh, don't forget that Congressman Hill from the 2nd District will be on with us at 3.30 today. And the first thing I want to talk to him about is a big story on the front page of the paper today. Are you watching there on uh, YouTube, or not YouTube, pardon me, on Facebook. Bingo. Big story on the Dem Gas today. Gunmaker picks Little Rock for its $90 million venture. You heard about this, Russ? Big deal, dude. This is a big deal. Uh, they're going to build. I know we took Sig Sauer in Jacksonville. What do we got coming now? This is a, a group from the Czech Republic. They make guns. That's a CZUSA. They're going to build their headquarters here. 265,000 square foot facility. They've already begun it. It's on a 73-acre site off of uh, Zuber and Fletcher Roads east of Interstate 30 on land that is owned by the Port of Little Rock. Now, here's the big deal about this. It's part of a $90 million investment that is to employ within six years 600 people. That's big. That's a big deal. It really is. The headquarters and factory will mean new jobs for assemblers, test firers. Test firers. Does that mean that I could go over and get a job there shooting a gun? Sounds like it. That sounds like it might be fun, huh? And you really think it's fun when I tell you what the average salary is going to be. Test firers, machine operators, packers and loaders, skilled laborers, warehouse workers, engineers, and production supervisors, all who will be paid an average of $22 an hour. See you, Randy. (laughs) Randy is the general manager here, just saying. Some hiring expected to begin as soon as this fall with more hiring in the spring of 2020. That according to a CZ-USA page on the Little Rock Regional Chamber of Commerce's website. This is from a story written by uh, Noel Ullman of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Landing the project is, quote, the result of everything that we have to offer in Arkansas, says the governor, Uh, from a skilled workforce to a business-friendly environment to our central location to the beauty of our great state. And uh, so it's going to be fun. We'll be talking about this, I can guarantee you, not only today with Congressman Hill, but uh, tomorrow J.R. Davis will be coming. I'm going to send him a text, see if maybe the governor won't stop by and talk a little bit about this as well tomorrow on my uh, 2 o'clock 
uh, edition of the show when we bring on J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman, and the governor stops by from time to time to talk as well. Mike Preston, the executive director of the Arkansas Economic Development Commission, said the CZ USA project checks off several boxes on the type of industry state officials have tried to attract. The project, quote, and what it brings to the table are unique, Preston said. It's a targeted industry that we've sought and recruited. Guns. I mean, you remember when they started, all these other states started, you know, giving the gun makers all kinds of hassle. And and the governor started calling those those gun makers and said, hey, we like guns in Arkansas. And so Six Hour came, trying to think who's out there in Fort Smith. Um, it's a, the gun maker that makes uh, 007's gun. His hand gun. I can't think of their name yeah, right now. Yeah, I know now. what you're talking yeah, about. They're, uh, they're out there now. I can't think of it now. You'd ask me and I'm, I'm You could have just popped it right off. Uh, Walther. Walther. That's who it was. Walther Arms. All right. They were one of the other ones that came in. And so uh, they're the CZ USA, who's also been approached by our people, joins a number of custom firearms makers, air gun suppliers, and ammunition companies that already are calling Arkansas home. And uh, you got in Fort Smith or Umarex, uh, Walther, both of the umbrella of uh, Arnsberg, Germany-based PW Group, the parent company of Daisy Outdoor Products, Gamo Outdoor USA, moved its U.S. headquarters to Rogers just a few years ago and expanded the facility there. Custom gun makers Wilson Combat and Nighthawk Custom called Berryville Home, uh, Newington, New Hampshire-based Sig Sauer, part of a worldwide group of firearms makers, including J.P. Sauer and uh, was it uh, Sean and Blazer, GmbH in Germany and Swiss Arms AG in Switzerland as its sole U.S. ammunition plant in Jacksonville. They just had the big ribbon cutting of that last week. Uh, North Carolina-based Remington Arms operates a large ammunition plant, of course, out in Lone Oak. And uh, CG USA's parent company has been in operation for 83 years. CZ USA's line of weaponry, from handguns to rifles and shotguns, are considered some of the highest quality firearms in defense competition and sports shooting around the world. Uh, the project, was, which was a year in the making, has several moving parts and involved incentives to help make the deal possible, to which Hutchinson, Scott, and Pulaski County's County Judge Barry Hyde alluded in their remarks. So I'll see if Barry Hyde can come by. Maybe he can come by and visit uh with us uh, as well so anyway i'm always glad to, to talk about this stuff this is stuff that can make a for 600 people averaging out 22 dollars an hour it's gonna make a big difference for them in the life that they live it will and the governor you got to give him credit you got to give uh, the arkansas groups that are out there beating the bushes that they they saw an opening of all these states that said we don't want no guns in our state. Okay. We'll take them here. Absolutely. No problem whatsoever. All right. So uh, Chavitz uh, was talking about 
something we talked about yesterday and I alluded to earlier today that, you know, uh, Kamala Harris has changed her her uh, whole, you know, words on is about, about voting rights for felons. Now she says, yes, I do believe in taking rights from murderers and, and terrorists. So uh, let's hear let's hear what Shavitz said about the Democrats talking about giving voting rights to felons. This is like watching a bad episode of Parks. A few days, you know, no collusion. There, there wasn't the obstruction they wanted. So let's pivot to giving felons voting rights. I, seriously, this is the Democratic frontrunner for the presidency, and this is what he's going to run on? So I'm with Mayor Pete on this issue, who was asked the same question, should that Boston uh, bomber have the right to vote from prison? And the answer is no, period. And you didn't really... Go into any uh, description. Look, first of all, this person asked the question. Bernie didn't try to introduce it. Kamala Harris didn't try to introduce it. I, I will say this. Um, some states actually give people in prison the right to vote. Um, and so it's kind of it becomes a state issue. I think it's loony. You know, uh, Kamala Harris. Talks I agree about, with you. That's uh, loony. I agree. Kamala with Harris you talks, and talks about a fundamental right. Well, there's a fundamental right for people not to commit crimes. Right. And when they yeah. do, they lose that right as they lose a lot of other that's rights. Right. So that's why I'm saying, you know, I, I you know, how much will this haunt Bernie and Kamala Harris? We'll see. I, I think they've gone off the deep end on this one. That this is like a really bad episode, although I like the show of Parks and Recreation, that they're actually even talking about this. This is where the Democrats want to go. Two of the top three candidates, this is what they're supporting. I just want CNN to keep doing these town halls. This is the greatest thing in the world for Trump supporters. We've got more material in these town halls than we ever could have imagined. And remember, it's not just giving uh, felons in prison the right to vote. It's lowering the voting age to 16. It's saying we got to get rid of the electoral college so that small states like where I come from and you come yeah. from have really no say so in presidential campaigns. And remember, up to 25 percent of the people in prisons are, are here in this country illegally. We forget that piece. Are they just going to be able to, to vote as well? We know the next step in all this is that if you're in America for a certain number of years and you're not here legally, heck, let's let them vote too. We've given them a driver's license. What the Democrats want to do, it's all politics, do everything they can to run up the numbers for their side. And I think it's disgusting for the American people to listen to this. And I agree you with you. You have to admit, because in the House of Representatives, the first bill that Nancy Pelosi introduced was a bill called H.R. 1, and it was all about voting rights and trying to change the way we vote in America. Yeah, and to stop voter suppression. And, you know, look, there, there, there were things that are going on as far as people's voting rights are concerned that I think even the three of us would agree shouldn't happen. That's mainly what H.R. 1 was trying to do, and money and politics. I tell you what, I have read that thing from that cover is not, that to cover. Is not there is nothing does. in there no. that I believe that strengthens the American democracy and our republic uh, as a whole. But they, these candidates, Kamala Harris, she could have said no. And Bernie Sanders has obviously thought about in taking this position. That's why this young person asked that. Right. I, My view of this is the following. When Donald Trump came down that escalator and talked about Mexicans being rapists and, and criminals. Who and are here illegally. People, Who are here some, illegally. And some, being, and some being good people. It's going to be somebody of color. Or prisons are generally filled with people largely, I think, what they're having in mind are people of color. And it's going to be no, a terrorist. No, 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 one, no, no. one second. No, it's going to be care. a terrorist. It's going to be somebody that Donald Trump from now to Election Day is going to have as the can other. I, uh, and today it's this. It's going to be something else. Can I? Can I? All right. So there you go. You can hear what they're 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 getting at. I mean, it's crazy. It really is. And the best thing out of all of that was we got so much material out of just that one town hall. I can't wait for the rest of the town halls. I mean, 
I'm just telling you, the, the commercials that will come out of that stuff, depending on, and it doesn't really matter who it was that was on because they all were uh, either a green or a green and pushing it further left. What did I say about a month ago, Ross? What will be fun to watch these Democrats do as they run to secure the nomination is they're going to kind of try to one-up each other on on the left. You know, how far to the left can I get beyond the other person? Well, didn't we see this in the last election cycle, in the last presidential election cycle, on the Republican side? But we actually, it was pulled off on that side. Yeah, I don't think they can pull this one off. You can go to the right and be more conservative, but you keep on going to the left where you start talking you start talking like a loony leftist. We're going to be fighting with sticks. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, to be honest. But it really is. All right, so when we come back, got to get another break in. When we come back, uh, Larry Kudrow and uh, Mitch McConnell both had something to say about socialism. I'll play it for you when we get back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency over there in Sherwood. They want you to give them a call, 501-819-0373, 501-819-0373, and uh, set up an appointment for you to stop by, present them with what kind of insurance you got, you know, life insurance, house insurance, car insurance, motorcycle, boat, whatever it might be, and uh, take a look at what they offer at Dwayne Smith's insurance agency and let them show you how much money they can save for you. Won't take you a whole lot of time and you'll get a good deal. 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood is the location, but call them and make the appointment 501-819-0373. That's Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. So we talk a lot about the Dems now and their sudden and and not really sudden it's been going on since the 40s their love affair with socialism you know they're the party that really believes that the only reason socialism has never worked in any other country is because it just wasn't done right and so let's do it this way or let's do it that way well two of the main spokesmen out there on the republican side uh, one being, you know, Larry Kudlow and uh, the other, Mitch McConnell, the head of the Senate, uh, both had something to say about socialism yesterday. And I, I want to play for you what they had to say. And it doesn't take long for them to get it out. First, Larry Kudlow said this. I will um, say this. Socialism is a loser. Socialism is a loser. There you go. All right. Socialism is a loser. That, and that it's so self-evident that you don't really have to even defend the statement. The, for anybody to understand that statement, just look around the world where socialism is and how well those countries are doing. Not that well. And then Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, who... For whatever reason, in the last year or two, has grown up here. He talked about socialism and he said this. In the meantime, pouring a lot of cold water on the whole entire thing, um, Mitch McConnell talking about how he would welcome this socialism. Listen to this. 
If I'm still the majority leader of the Senate after next year, none of those things are going to pass the Senate. They won't even be voted on. So think of me as the Grim Reaper. <laughs> the guy who's going to make sure that socialism doesn't land on the president's desk. There you go. If I'm still the head of the Senate, socialism's dead because socialism is a, lo- is a loser. And Mitch McConnell says, I'll be the grim reaper of socialism. I like what they both have to say there. Now, do they lean a little too progressive sometimes for me? Yes, Mitch does, and Senate does. You know, they, they think, and the Republican side at times, that uh, if the other side is offering uh, two loaves of bread free, then if we offer a half or a quarter of a loaf free, uh, they'll be happy with us. They're never going to be happy with us. I mean, let us embrace capitalism, real capitalism, and move forward in this country with the freedom that capitalism affords people who have dreams for their futures. That's what I say. Not socialism, which only leads to everybody sharing uh, a life of just being miserable. Because that's where socialism takes us to. Everybody being miserable. Where did Obama take us with Obamacare and the Democrats? Being miserable. That's what happened. So the way a lot of government programs do and the people who believe that government has all the answers and if you uh, ascribe to the government doing it all, you're going to be a happy camper, find out that they're just miserable. That's bottom line. Everybody ends up miserable except for the elite, the ones at the top. And they take the cream off the top and they get to live their lives at, at the top. It's so f- funny to me that over the years that I've been alive, it's been very evident, for instance, when you watch the Soviet Union, when you watch Russia now, and uh, or you watch any of these other countries where socialism is the place uh, or the, the the economic system they want to follow. Only the people who are in charge can live the life that they want to live. Everybody else gets to have a, maybe gets to have a house, but you only get to have so many square feet. I mean, it's like listening to Elizabeth Warren yesterday talking about how she was going to pay for free college. Remember that? Anybody making over $500 million a year, they, they would have to pay a wealth tax. And the wealth tax was only, only two cents on every dollar that you make over 500 million. And you know, a lot of us that are here and we don't make 500 million, much less a million dollars a year go. uh, People start thinking, yeah, that's right. Because we have this whole covetousness thing working out inside of us. And we covet what those people who have a whole lot of money have. And so we're willing to bring them down to size, you know? Yeah. Tax them. Tax them. Who needs $500 million? It would be interesting to know how much you will be able to uh, 
do with 500 million? What would you do? You know, I had somebody ask me this question one time because I was just, you know, babbling. And I said, you know, if I won the lottery, you know how many people I could help? And then and the person looked at me and seriously and they, and made a great, great statement to me. It made me think for a long time about it. In fact, changed the way I handle my own money when they said this. And they said to me, Dave, you know, you make more money than most people in the world. I mean, you're... You're not rich by the standards of the United States, but you're you're more than just a king for most of the countries around the world in the money that you make. How many people are you helping with that money? Made me think. Definitely made me think. We'll think some more. We'll talk some more. When we come back, don't forget Congressman Hill coming up at 3.30 right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back we uh, come, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Dave Ellswick Show. An article that I had hold of uh, that I wanted to use yesterday and didn't get a chance uh, to. I'll get to it uh, here this half hour. Uh, And it's something that here in our state we're going to have to deal with uh, very, very soon as uh, medicinal pot uh, is already legal, but it's going to start being sold here uh, within about a month from what I've understood. We'll get those folks back on here in next couple of weeks and talk to them and see exactly where we're at and how things are going, et cetera, et cetera. Yada, yada. You know how that it's all de- determined. So we'll we'll get them on to talk about it. Here is an interesting story that came out yesterday. This was uh, on a website called BearingArms.com, Second Amendment uh, site. Very good site if you are looking for information on the Second Amendment. Let me just, uh, article written by Tom Knighton. Marijuana is an interesting issue right about now. Federally, it's still considered an illegal drug something you're not supposed to get even with a prescription the reality though is uh, quite a bit murkier many states have legalized it for medicinal use arkansas is such a state while others have gone so far as to approve it for recreational use as well however gun owners have been caught in a tough spot in this whole thing You see, some states have required licensed gun owners to give up their guns due to their status as medical marijuana users. And that would be a question that will get uh, answered to us by the folks uh, that are running uh, the, you know, the medicinal, uh, the medical marijuana uh, here in our state here in the next uh, week or two. And, uh, from what I have been able to ascertain is that if you ha- you apply and get one of these licenses, you will not be able to go out and buy a gun. You will not be able to uh, you know have a, a concealed license or anything of the kind. You'll lose your Second Amendment rights. Legally, this can be done. After all, federal law prohibits people who use federally prohibited drugs from owning guns. 
Mind you, these states have no issue ignoring the federal law that prohibits them in the first place, but these states also dislike guns. As a result, gun owners get nasty letters telling them to cough up their firearms. Now, a Republican lawmaker has introduced a bill that seeks to prevent that from happening in the future. The Republican lawmaker has proposed legislation that would help square the Second Amendment with some who use marijuana in accordance with state law. The measure, H.R. 2017, was introduced in the House earlier this month by U.S. Representative Alexander Mooney, the West Virginia Congressman's Second Amendment Protection Act, would amend current law that often puts legal guns out of reach for those who use increasingly legal marijuana. Mooney's bill would make an exception in federal law, quote, that an individual shall not be treated as an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance based on the individual using marijuana for a medical purpose in accordance with state law. So the question is, is how will Congress act on it? On one hand, the Democrats who control the House tend to support legalizing and liberalizing the rules surrounding marijuana use. They may be inclined to back this bill to some degree because of that avenue. On the other hand, they're Democrats who have made their opinions on the Second Amendment abundantly clear. As such, there's little reason to believe they'll back anything preserving anyone's Second Amendment rights under any circumstances. The fact that the bill has zero co-sponsors after almost three weeks is an indicator that this may sound nice and all, but it's not going to happen. Even House Republicans are steering clear of this one, probably due to the marijuana aspect of the bill. As such, it's likely never going to even make it to a committee. Now, let's all give Mooney a big round of applause here, at least for the effort. I believe this is an important fight to have and one that remarkably few people are willing to take on, it seems. Someone needs to call these states out on their hypocrisy regarding marijuana, and guns. The Second Amendment is a constitutionally protected right. Second Amendment, right? Yet they trample all over it while also allowing a federally controlled substance to be prescribed in violation of federal law. Meanwhile, they selectively enforce federal law when it comes to pot simply because it allows them to punish the one group of people it's still safe to, ha- to lash out at, and that's gun owners. And I would agree with the writer here, that needs to end. So the question becomes, how do we deal with this? I mean, if, if you, can you still go buy a gun if you're prescribed a opioid? As far as I know, you can. And I will tell you that a lot of opioids have much more severe 
um, results than marijuana does. Uh, you can, and I agree that the problem with the, the next thing that I'll say is that the product is legal and that's alcohol. If uh, you're an adult and don't have any kind of felonies or whatnot or that keeps you from buying a gun, uh, you can go and buy a gun. And one of the questions is not, do you drink alcohol? Do you drink alcohol to excess? That's not asked. And I agree that's because it's a, a legal uh, product. But where do we draw the line that it's legal? Do we draw the line that it's legal by state law? Or do you draw the line of legality at federal law? In other words, what I'm asking is, in the state of Arkansas, since medicinal marijuana is legal to be used and that you get a card from the government here in the state saying that a doctor can give you marijuana or say you should be able to buy marijuana for legal reasons. Should it have any effect upon your Second Amendment rights? Should you go by what the state says or do you go by what the federal government says? And if you go by what the federal government says, why are we giving people the right to buy medicinal marijuana then? And I'm going to tell you in 2020, next year, more than likely, you'll be voting on recreational marijuana. We had the the gentleman in here. uh, Was was his name Dan Couch, I think? I think the... uh, lawyer that got the medicinal marijuana um, constitutional change on the ballot. And he said he felt that the state by this next year would be ready to vote on recreational marijuana, and he thought that it would pass. We need to get him back on the air, talk to him again, see if he still feels that same way and if they're going to push that. I would suggest they push it before the changes happen next year that will make it much more difficult to make a constitutional initiated act happen here in the state with the changes that the legislature is trying to pass. So we'll get hold of him and see if he'll come on and talk about it like he talked about uh, medicinal marijuana. And the bottom line is, is, how is this going to wash out in court? You go to state court, they might see it one way. You go to federal court, they might see it a totally different way. So this is just exactly what this guy says in this article, uh, Tom uh, Knighton. How do you deal with this then? And you have this congressman from West Virginia who's trying to do that, but nobody seems to want to sign on to it. Now, the name of it is the Second Amendment Protection Act, which amends current law that often puts legal guns out of reach of those who use 
increasingly legal marijuana. Now, his take on this is if you're using it as a medicine. Well, there's some states now that it it's legal whenever you want to use it. I mean, Colorado's a perfect example. There's other states as well. We may be one of those states in another year. Mooney's bill would make an exception in federal law. Again, quote, an individual shall not be treated as an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance based on the individual using marijuana for a medical purpose and according with state law. Sounds to me like they understand that there's a lot of states making it legal for medicinal marijuana and uh, those those states are following up pretty doggone quickly with recreational use as well. What's going to happen? I'm going to get a hold of Tom, see if we can't get him on and talk to him about this and uh, see what he has to say about it. 19 minutes after 3 on a Monday. You got something you want to say about it. I'd like to hear what you think about it. Do you follow the state law? Or do you follow federal law? It seems to me that this whole discussion is beginning to get close to a boiling point. Something's got to has got to happen. Either the federal government's got to give the state governments have to get into, you know, suing uh, the federal government or, you know, state governments are going to say, uh, we try to do anything to our, our uh, citizens and uh, we're going to going to have a big fight over this and the courts will decide on it. 823-0965, 823-0965. Your thoughts here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'd like to hear from you, 101.1 FM the answer again serious question and that is what are states going to do about medicinal marijuana and guns uh for most states if you will be if you use a a card that the state gives you saying that you can get marijuana and use it in a medicinal way it's going to cost you problems they're going to take away your your right to a gun But what's your argument if somebody who you take their guns away takes you to court and says, how can you take my gun away because I'm using medicinal marijuana, which is not illegal in our state. The state backs it up because they give you a card that says that you have the right to be able to buy medicinal marijuana. going to get it's a tough spot it's going to be interesting going to be really interesting what i'm really going to be more interested in as this all plays out is you know is there going to, are you going to have to do reciprocity checks when you're traveling again like you do with you know you you have your uh, your concealed carry license which which states allow you to have you know, the ability to carry a gun in their state. You've got, uh, you know, a, a, a license to carry uh, a concealed handgun, but you have to check in each state to see what their laws say about you carrying a handgun uh, concealed. 
Well, you know, one of the rules you have when you get your concealed license, Dave, is if you're going to a bar, you can't carry it with you if you are drinking. Okay, but that's not with medicinal marijuana. How are they going to work that out? How are they going to know you? You know, is everybody that has a gun going to have to be checked to see if they toked up on some marijuana if they have a medicinal card? I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, they're going. They've got to figure out a way of these states that have already passed medicinal marijuana laws to come into uh, you know under federal law that they both follow the law. That's what's got to happen here. And it's seeming to me more and more that it's it's got to be you know the the folks like Congressman Hill. You know, he's going to be faced with voting on this stuff. He really is. I mean, we're just talking about this West Virginia congressman who's trying. You know, he's taking it on. Uh, this is uh, Congressman Alexander Mooney. I don't know if the congressman knows him or not. I'll ask him if he does. The Second Amendment Protection Act would amend current law that often puts legal guns out of reach of those who use increasingly legal Marijuana. Mooney's bill would make an exception in federal law. Quote, an individual shall not be treated as an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance based on the individual using marijuana for a medical purpose in accordance with state law. I mean, he's trying. I get the guy. I'm going to give the guy all the credit in the world. He's trying to bridge this gap that is this this chasm that's opening up between washington dc and the states more and more states are okaying medicinal marijuana and right after it on the heels of that more and more states are starting to say they want to go after you for recreational marijuana somewhere along the line the federal government and the state governments have got to come to a reasonable answer. Now, what is reasonable? Reasonable is usually in the eyes of whatever you believe. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's usually the way that it happens. But it's it's going to have to be dealt with. And I'm telling you, it's going to be something that we're voting on in 2020. From what Couch told me Two years ago, they felt that they would be coming to the people of Arkansas in 2020 with an initiated act that they would be voting on that would make recreational marijuana legal in the state of Arkansas. All of their polling showed that by then, a majority of Arkansans would be willing to to give an okay on, um, you know, legal recreational marijuana. Now, what polls say and what people do when they go behind the curtain, that's a whole different story. I think more people that go behind the curtain and nobody's looking over their shoulder, you have a better chance of them saying, hmm, I smoked some of that when I was in college. I've done well in my life. But I didn't inhale. Yeah, at least one Arkansan said that. Uh, bottom line, I can't 
I can't make it illegal for everybody because I did it. So uh, I, I just think we got a big, we're going to have a big decision to make coming up in um, a few, uh, a few months. I mean, that's what the whole casino thing was. Although I think that people got taken for a ride on that initiated act because a couple of companies, you know, are people to put all the money up behind it and they got their name put into the state constitution, which I find really problematic. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting. A lot of people went behind the curtain. Well, I don't gamble, but, you know, I can't say that I should tell people that they can't gamble. We'll come back after the news. The congressman will be with us in a moment. All right, back with you, 335, and the congressman is here. By the way, I told everybody I'd ask you, do you know Congressman Mooney? I do. I know him very well. Uh, we are in a Bible study together, and we both serve on the House Financial Services Committee together. Well, very cool. Good guy. B- by the way, I just want everybody to know that the Second Amendment Protection Act has no co-sponsors, which tells you that it's not going to go anywhere right now. But something like this has got to go somewhere, does it not, Congressman? Well, as you and I have talked, this whole issue of the conflict between the federal government's law on marijuana as a drug, it's uh, not a legal drug, and what's happened in our states are just drawing more and more conflict. We recently talked about it in our committee about do we want to have a safe harbor for bankers in states where marijuana is legal, medicinal, or recreational for essentially taking the deposit of a state legal distributor or related business. And, you know, it's a conflict when you think about it intellectually. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're completely on board with recreational marijuana, you don't have a problem with it, moral, emotional, libertarian, legal, you mm-hmm. know, you're just one with it. You recognize the conflict we have as a public policy issue. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But it's coming to a head. Yeah. And it's going to come to a head. If it ends up on the ballot next year, it's going to come to a head here in this state. Because personally, I think most baby boomers will vote for it. I believe anybody that's under 30 is going to vote for it. So that tells me it probably will pass. Do I think the world will come to the end? No, not at all. No, I think... I think what I've what I've tried to do to educate myself is talk to my colleagues in the state of Washington, the state of Colorado, see what's going right, what's going wrong, mm-hmm. what are the residual things. No surprises, just like you do, more arrests, more doped driving, more concerns about kids, the things that we know instinctively that are problems with any kind of a uh, a substance like right. that that's a problem. So we're going to be coping with it state and federal levels all right so are are you are they talking about it in, in dc and yeah. then i'll let it go from there because no, there's no, other th- bigger they, things to talk about they are they are talking about it and as i say in our committee we've we've already addressed this issue of providing a safe harbor for commercial banks that they won't be written up for a compliance problem if they're a i saw a story law. about that yeah yeah so this is an example of it. We've got a million other big money. Yeah. Big money. I'm just yeah. telling you, it's big money. Now, a lot of the states are, I think, making big mistake because they're making it big tax money. So what happens? The people that were on the black market are still on the black market. 
undercutting their prices. Right. And we've seen instances where we still have concerns about uh, the health effects. We spend millions of dollars in this country to get people to stop smoking, but now we're in federally, incur- I mean, state encouraging people mm-hmm. to smoke marijuana. Still have concerns about kids' access to it as a gateway drug, particularly for adolescents. And we've seen state of Washington, state of Colorado, official stamped marijuana on the streets, including in Arkansas. So we see it being trafficked, even though obviously it's not supposed to be. So I guess they really have Colorado high now, huh? They do. We're sh- <laughs> forget Coors. <laughs> All right. Look, there was like three different things we wanted to talk about, but I, I thought of the three things that uh, we wanted to, to discuss, that this was the biggest one, and the, the local paper picked up on this, too. It's, it's a huge story. The gunmaker coming from uh, over in the Czech Republic and doing a $90 million venture. And we're not talking 100 jobs here. We're talking over the next six years, 600 people. This is like, you know, when they screwed up and they let, uh, what was it, FedEx get away and go to Memphis. Right. They don't want to do that this time. No, this was a major team effort. My hat's off to uh, Asa Hutchison, the governor, and Mike Preston at Economic Development, but also terrific work by Jay Cheshire and the Regional Chamber of Commerce and Brian Day, who's our port director, to create a site Brian is involved in this. Brian huh? is involved. This Good is a him. critical new component at the port, and he led the team. And uh, Governor Hutchison just did an outstanding job. This this surfaced in January, and they've closed it in April. This is wow. terrific work by our economic development team. And $22 an hour wow. is the minimum wage. Yeah, there. that's big. This comes from, I think, a great strategy that Governor Hutchison had when he got elected. We had a, a meeting, and we were thinking about strategically about how to recruit more economic development to the state. And I said, well, we want to keep missions coming to Little Rock Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. We want to keep Camp Robinson as the Center for National Guard field uh, training. Right. We want to pursue expansions at Fort Chaffee. We want Pound Bluff Arsenal to grow if it can. Let's focus on the private sector that do defense contracting not just be relying on beautiful Lockheed down in Camden. Yeah. Uh, and so the governor put a set aside $500,000 back in 2015, created an advisory board of let's bring in defense-related businesses that could help us grow our economy. Sig Sauer in Jacksonville is a great example of that. Hey, you were over there last week, weren't you? Uh, thought they would have 70 jobs. They're up to 167 jobs wow. and growing. They said it's the best workforce they've experienced in the United States. And they're making all the ammunition for the M17 and M18 pistols, which is the new sidearm for the armed forces of the United States. Guess what? They use a lot of ammunition. They do. They're going to be in a position to make 250 million rounds of ammunition at that wow. facility. <laughs> wow. You couldn't shoot uh, that in a year, I don't think. Uh, no, I could sure try. <laughs> I could sure try. But no, I'd this is a, this fun. is this is about strategic leadership at the state for economic development. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, and gun gun businesses are the perfect people to go out and talk about Arkansas. We don't have any problems with guns. We love our hunting. We love our recreational shooting. We're so proud of our kids that lead the trap contest all around the country. We're proud of our culture of growing up uh, friendly with uh, firearms and the right to possess them. So 
it makes complete sense. Yeah, we're we're Second Amendment friendly, and it has really paid off for the state. Got to be millions of dollars of tax revenues coming in from that industry now. I this is going to so. bring a lot of revenue in. And I, I think it's exciting as somebody who worked in Eastern Europe after the Berlin Wall fell for me to see the CEO of a Czech company yeah. coming to Little Rock to open up a business 25 years after the wall fell. It excites me personally. And he said one of the secret ingredients to this recruiting, mm-hmm. the pantry restaurant in Hillcrest. <laughs> really? serve Czech beer on tap. Owned by a terrific Czech restaurant entrepreneur. So there you go. Boom. Very, very exciting. Never never know what would be the deciding factor, do you? Never, never know. But again, uh, as I was telling everybody earlier last hour, 600 people within six years. It sounds like to me it may be more than that uh, as, as, uh, you know, they have been very, very I'm looking at all the different jobs here. Assemblers. Now, I'm kind of interested in the, in the test firers. Uh, machine operators, packers, loaders, skilled laborers, warehouse workers, engineers, production supervisors, all who will be paid an average $22 an hour. I mean, some of those people are going to make more than $22 right. an hour. Right. Good good stuff. Good step. We're on a roll. What a, how do you play into that? I mean, what what were you doing in this? What was your behind-the-scenes input? Well, one of my – first of all, I, I like to think I helped encourage this strategic effort to go towards the defense contracting uh, arena when I was first elected. But I work hand-in-glove with our chamber. I'm a former chamber chairman and have helped on recruiting and helped with the port Uh, get the resources they need for developing their land, most recently working with Brian Day on moving the VOR navigation cone uh, by the FAA, which we now have in test to move it to a new location so that we can expand to all that land that we own, the port Mm -hmm. owns, south of the Wellspun manufacturing plant. Okay. So it's always a process of collaboration in case we need federal support in an economic development type grant arena or just letting make sure the port has the resources that they need. Now I need to get Brian back on. I mean, Brian was he so, and I did a lot of stuff together when he was parks. Most recently, we got a Tiger grant for the port that extended their short haul rail system out there, which is now open. We did a ground uh, sort of a celebration of it being uh, opened, and that was a, a major federal support of what we're doing at the port. A lot of people don't hear much about the port. Port's doing some big things out there. That Arkansas River still traveled quite heavily. Right. And people need to understand that as well. All right, let's talk about another thing. I'm not going to talk about the Mueller report. I've talked enough about it. I'll, if we got a few minutes, we'll, t- we'll deal with it. Uh, but let, let's talk about something else you've been dealing with, and, and it's something that I'm uh, – I have to tell you, I want to give you a big kudos about, and this is the World War One Valor Medals Review Act. This is cool. Well, look, I'm a vet, okay, yeah. and one of the bad things that happened in the American military was racism. Yep. And you've gone a long way of helping to clean that all, all up. And, you know, I'm not one of those people that throw down the race card, but I got to tell you this. We should be ashamed about some of the things that we did to yep. our veterans because they were not of the right color. Yeah, this this bill touched me. I want to credit Brian Mitchell, a researcher at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, 
who did a great job in researching victims at the Elaine massacre, which was a terrible, horrible in racial injustice 100 years ago this year in 1919. And one of those victims was a guy named Leroy Johnson. He was an Army hero in mm-hmm. World War One. He fought with the Harlem Hellfighters. I love he, that. He deserved the Purple Heart, and he did not receive it. And no, because he was black. He was a black African-American. And uh, with Brian's research, we double-checked. We worked on the records, and we awarded his family that medal last October 2018. But it raised the question, well, gosh, if we took care of Sergeant Leroy Johnson— uh, what about everyone else who served? And so we have a bipartisan group, uh, Roy Blunt from Missouri and Van Holland from Maryland in the Senate, and then my friend Emmanuel Cleaver from Missouri and I sponsoring the legislation in the House. We've asked the Department of Defense to research every African-American who served in World War One and others, I might add, that could be an American Indian. We want to yeah. know if anyone was discriminated against. One of the windwalkers. Who... Um, should have received the Croix de Guerre from France or the Medal of Honor or the Purple Heart or any other decoration while service in World War One. Okay, now this gentleman here, uh, Johnson, Sergeant Johnson, is it the Medal of Honor that he's been going to be he given? Was, he was uh, awarded the Purple Heart. Purple Heart, yeah. okay. All right, because I was wondering if it was the Medal of Honor if he was going to be added to the state statues that we have there on on campus but you know this you talked about it this is one of those when we look back on it now this is one of those heartbreaks yeah and uh i remember the bravery you know what what means everybody serves and everybody bleeds red yeah i can remember general pershing our commander in world war one in france general pershing got his name blackjack pershing because he uh led a an african-american army company up san juan heights in the war of 1898 spanish-american war Mm -hmm. and he cited they've never fought with braver troops teddy roosevelt right there at their side never fought with braver troops and to think about just less than 20 years later they weren't recognized for their bravery it's it's a shame Mm -hmm. on the army we're going to correct the injustice tuskegee airmen right we can go on and on about all of that it was not good so they're going to do extensive reviews of all this then right and like I say, with this kind of strong bipartisan support we have in both houses, I would expect this to be made law. Oh, very good. This, that's great stuff. All right, let's get a break. We'll come back. Congressman's with us to the top of the hour. Then Joe and Duck will be by. And then we're going to have uh, Robert Steinbach join us in the final hour. I got to talk about impeachment because the Democrats just won't let it rest. We'll be back in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so... When you were first elected to Congress, Republicans were in control. Now the Democrats are in control. What's it like serving under Speaker Pelosi? Well, 100 days of disappointment <laughs> would be my instant reaction. I would have said 100 days of insanity, but, but it's, it's you're nicer gone, than I It's am. gone off the deep end. I mean, at one time you had, um, I'd say, Blue dogs and more moderate Democrats crafting policy with, you know, urban liberals, you and I Mm -hmm. would say. And now we have urban liberals trying to craft policy with left-wing sort of socialists that are not— Sort of? Yeah. Yeah, How about this? Uh, Democrats are walking away from their own solution to health care, right? The right. Americans for dis- I mean the a- ACA, the Affordable Care Act. Well, they don't. They don't want to improve the Affordable Care Act and fix health care and bring in market discipline. No, all. what do they want to do? They want to go Medicare for all, single and abolish, payer, 
private health insurance for 183 million people go single payer, and we're going to be voting on that like this week in the House. No, you remember uh, the senator from Nevada. I'm trying to think of his name right now. That got in a fight with a piece of gym equipment and lost. Uh, Harry Reid. Yeah, Harry Reid. He said we didn't go for single payer because we didn't have the votes. That's what we wanted, but we didn't have the votes. Well, now they think they got the vote, so now they're just going to do what they wanted to do all along. Well, uh, I don't think that's where our country is, where our citizens are. And uh, so it's been 100 days of disappointment for me. Can I play something Mitch McConnell said just the other day? Sure. You're going to love this. Play play the uh, the Senate leader and what he had to say there. It's cut number eight. In the meantime, pouring a lot of cold water on the whole entire thing, um, Mitch McConnell talking about how he would welcome this socialism. Listen to this. If I'm still the majority leader of the Senate after next year, none of those things are going to pass the Senate. They won't even be voted on. So think of me as the Grim Reaper. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who's going to make sure that socialism doesn't land on the president's desk. There you go. The grim reaper of socialism. I gotta I, love it. I think people in this country want liberty, opportunity, the opportunity to pursue happiness, whether they're 25 years old or 75 years old. I don't think they want big, one-size-fits-all government takeovers of the energy industry, the med- medical health industry. This is not what people want. People don't support infanticide. No. People are not for anti-Semitism. Uh, people are not for the federal election ship, uh, system being taken over, ending their First Amendment rights. I mean, this is not where our country is, and yet these are the policies that Speaker Pelosi is pursuing just as we go week by week. Yeah, she seems to be afraid of her left wing. Am I wrong on that? She owes her left wing, and this is the challenge she has politically. She owes her speakership. She won by uh, two votes, really one vote. She won the speakership. She owes that to the moderates who were elected in districts won by President Trump. That's about 31 people. But she owes it also to the Congressional Black Caucus, who are the most senior members of the House Democratic Caucus, and she got the votes of the Ocasio-Cortez, Tlaib, uh, Omar wing. They Most of them voted for her. Mm-hmm. So she's had to divide her loyalties. She's not, in my view, she's not in control of the agenda of the House. And they couldn't pass a budget last week. The fundamental mission of the majority party in the House is to pass the budget resolution. She could not get sufficient Democratic votes to vote a 2020 budget resolution. Yeah. She couldn't do There will never be a budget if the Democrats really get in control. You would know that. They could not pass a clean, simple, straightforward anti-Semitism resolution. And so that's why I say it's 100 days of you know, disappointment. Everett Dirksen used to say a million dollars here, a million dollars there. Now we're talking real money. Now Warren and others are talking trillions of dollars and right. acting like it's no big deal. We're on the cusp of running out of other people's money at the rate the Green New Deal and Medicare for All and free college. And if you can't work, we'll pay you $5,000 a month 
just because we're you're you're not able to work, you can't come up with a reason to work. And reparations. Let's not forget right. that. We got all of this money that they want to spend. And how does Warren say she'll pay for free college? Two cents on every dollar you make over five hundred million dollars. Well, you know that that is going to come down significantly. And by saying two cents, see, it makes it sound so simple. This is not possible. The math here does not work. The government spends a little over $4 trillion a year. And as you know, $3 trillion of that's in our demographically-based uh, programs, such as Medicare and Social Security. Them. So we raise... You know, just under $4 trillion in tax revenue. Dave, they're talking about spending over $100 trillion on new ideas over 10 years. You cannot raise enough taxes for that. It's just not possible. Whenever they say they have an idea to tax only the rich to pay for the Clean New Deal, $92 trillion. Pay for Medicare for All, $32 trillion. Or any of these other things, I've never seen an estimate on um, free college for example. 49 trillion dollars okay. there is not tax revenue there and you're not even taking to account well what would happen to the private sector were you to raise taxes at that level mm-hmm. okay right yeah the wealth tax two cents makes it sound she made it she made it sound so nice only yeah. two cents a dollar two cents on a dollar it's all yeah. it's mm-hmm. not going to be good yeah it will not be Promise me the next time you come back to Arkansas and you get to sit in the studio that we'll sit here for an hour and talk. Let's do it. And All let's right. continue to talk about how we preserve liberty and opportunity. Absolutely. It's the most important things we got to talk about. Thanks for having me. All right. Appreciate it, Congressman. Congressman French Hill, 2nd District, with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Ducks here. Joe is in North Carolina. I remember back about a year ago we mentioned that he was part of of a group of owners of bumper to bumper certified service centers and that he was on this like big wig uh, group committee yeah committee that go around and check things out and make suggestions of how to make things better for uh for bumper to bumper and well today he's in north carolina at the wicks factory doing exactly that yes yeah, and, 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 and Wix it's, is one of the better manufacturers of like uh, filters and things of that yes. nature. And and it's hard to get a, get on that too, Dave. I mean, you got to be someone has to nominate you, and you got to have quite a bit of clout to get there. Okay, well, let me say, let me read something here real quickly. Uh, this is from uh, Channel Five News uh, and uh, KATV. Uh, Concord Public Schools in Cleveland County were placed on lockdown today after a high school student committed suicide on campus. The sheriff's office posted at 1.48 this afternoon on Facebook that it had been called to a shooting at the school. School uh, District Superintendent Michael Davidson said a student killed himself in a cafeteria bathroom uh, according to KATV content partner, the Heber Springs Sun-Times. Man. Davidson said a custodian heard a gunshot, went into the bathroom, and saw what happened. There were no students present. The sheriff's office asked parents to stay away from the school uh, Wednesday afternoon. The school is working uh, with us to release the students and inform parents as soon as possible, according to the agency. Classes have been canceled for the rest of the week. 
Davidson said counselors will be available next week when students return. Uh, when I was in high school, we had a student who uh, committed suicide. He did it at home. I still remember his name. It was Gary Horvath. And he went home, and his girlfriend broke up with him that day, and he went home and got the 12-gauge shotgun that he and his father used to go out hunting with and uh, placed it under his chin and took his own life. I'll just tell you, for high school kids, it really has a huge impact upon them when one of their own kills themselves. So I understand why they're taking the rest of the week off. and uh, Trying to let everything get calmed down. Yep, yep. And, and, And then you don't want to have people doing it because somebody else did it exactly now so copycat they'll have to deal they'll have to deal with that but i just wanted to let the listeners know that that did occur today but that's sad you know that's really sad dave yeah i had a good friend uh same situation his girlfriend broke up with him and they had been feuding for about a week and one saturday afternoon he put a uh, a plastic bag over his head and stuck a vacuum cleaner hose off his daddy's players Oh my God! I committed suicide. Good God! Yeah, and his mother's one found him. See that—that's it. I—I understand psychologically a person's not in their right mind. Nobody's in their right mind when they kill themselves. Nobody. And uh, you know, you don't think about the people who find you. Yeah, you, and the people you leave behind. Yeah, and his mother has had a really hard time with this. She this has been about four years ago, probably. Mm. She's just now basically getting back to to herself again, where she'll talk to you and smile and laugh. But it, it's been a hard toll on both of her. Well, if you're a parent, you're gonna think, "What? Why couldn't I see that coming?" Yeah, you know what went on that I didn't realize was going on. Yeah absolutely it's a sad situation and in a lot of people i know there's a lot more people who have been touched by suicide than would like to 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 say but uh, that's a that's a tough that's just a tough thing to have to deal with when you're a young person and even if you didn't know the person maybe they had a class with you maybe you saw them in the hallway every day maybe you know seeing them at the football game sure. or the basketball game or yeah it's all part of it. It's just all part of it. And you may it. only ever said hello to one another, you know. or May not even did that. Yeah. May just made eye contact. Yeah, just kind of wave walking down the hallway yeah. or something or another. But, you know, it, it's a sad situation that we're going through now in our country. Yeah. Okay, so what do you have So with you? You, you brought – everybody can see this, this on is, Facebook This today. is a – what they call a cam out okay. of a 6.6 six Duramax Bosch pump. Okay, this is a diesel. We're yeah, talking this about. is a eighteen wheeler. No, no, this no? is a diesel pickup. Oh, okay, six six Duramax. All right, a little small V eight. This is a high pressure pump. This is what makes it make at six thousand pounds of fuel pressure, so it can start. It has okay. two lobes on it. All right. Well, I don't know if they can see it real good, but the lobes all come apart, and this is what happens when I tell you that one's full of metal. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. It has a ceramic coating on this. It's about a quarter inch thick. Okay. And and the coating's there for one reason, to help the noise and help the wear and tear on it. Is that the darker color? Is that what no, you're talking about? No, all, all the coating is gone. All the coating oh, is... Oh, it's already lost it. Right there. Oh, or, okay. A lot of the coating is right there. And this is what they call a pressure regulator valve. Okay. This is bolted onto the back of the pump, and it tells the fuel pressure, hey, let me make 6,000 pounds and let it start. And then it computer sends it a signal says, okay, open or close. And that's basically all it does. But you can see all the metal that's stuck to it. 
and all that come from the from this camshaft right here oh my gosh that's all that's really not metal it's more of a of a uh, carbon for what it is more of a carbon fiber stuff yeah hold on i'm gonna move closer to the camera just show my thumb to people uh if you want to see this all you have to do is go to uh, facebook.com slash dave ellswick show and we always save these shows they're saved yeah. online and you can see this and if, if you'd like to see it in person drive to my shop i have two of these cut cut in half okay so people can look at them and i also got a deal set up is how it all operates uh I took a pump kit and made it up on a, on a board. I didn't. Donald did. And it's got it all set to tell you how everything operates. Tell you, you know, this is the injector, this is the pump. And he cut the pump out to show him the failure of the pump and stuff. Well, that makes, I mean, because it's an expensive fix. Ten grand. Okay, so, you know, people want to know what is costing me $10,000, and you guys can show it. And that's why I, uh, Donald's got a CNC machine, mm-hmm. and he took one home, took it apart, and cut chunks out of it, and then we put it all back together where you can see it operate, where you can turn it and look at it. And and like I say, I've got a board that he took a whole fuel system that I had one that failed. So we took the whole fuel system, the lines, the injectors, the rails, the sensors, and all, and put it all back together and got it bolted to a board. So you can walk in and say, okay, here's what's wrong with your truck. This is what I had to replace, plus cleaning the fuel tank. <clears throat> and it gets, you it's know. a lot of work. And it gets, you know, the parts are very expensive. It's six, $7,000 worth of parts, plus it's about 25 hours of labor to do it all. And, you know, and that's what I've tried to explain to people that, and it ain't, it's not Ford, Dave, it's not Chevrolet, and it's not Dodge, because they all use the same pump. Okay. They're, they're all made so by the bicycle whole? what do they think <clears throat> making it feel like this? Um, what happens is, uh, it's more of a cavitation. People run them too low of fuel. People run them out of fuel, and it starts this. And then they do have problems with the ceramic just coming off. Okay, so we've talked about this before. We've talked yep. about how long, how do you want to make your fuel pump last longer, and now this as well. And I'm hearing, don't water. let yourself get down too low on fuel. Water, okay, is a, is water does not diesel fuel is what lubricates this. This is in a housing. It's got diesel fuel all around it, and that's what cools it. And that's mm-hmm. what lubricates it. But water don't lubricate. Diesel fuel will, but water don't lubricate. And, right, and you get water in there. And, it, and this thing is turning. It destroys. Yeah, and, and Dave, this little shaft right here, if your motor is turning with, a, say, 16,000 RPM run down the road, well, this shaft is probably turning somewhere in the 60,000 RPMs. Yes. Per minute. Per minute. And so that's why it's critical not to to change your fuel filter, not, you know, and buy your fuel from a good location. Don't buy it from a mom and pop that don't sell fuel regular because they have algae growing in it algae's a murder this too dave yeah and I, you know but i have these cut apart if someone wants to come by the shop and look at it you walk in the front door and turn on the shelf and they're sitting right there looking at you okay and uh but i brought that because this is one we took off the other day mm-hmm. uh, i had one come in last tuesday i think it was and tim repaired it and i told tim i said don't throw none of that away i want it to save it for me so that was one of the regulators, and that's the first. So I can see the problem when you look and yep. you see all of that because stuff that's glittering behind there. all good. that. That is a war screen behind all that. 
and that's where it catches it and then and then it goes to the rails and it fills the rails full fills the injectors full then it goes all the way back to the fuel tank okay gets expensive quick now you days. know now you know he's already told you you know some of the things that you need to do go someplace reputable to buy your fuel reputable would be like i just tell people to, to notice where you buy your fuel if they sell a bunch of fuel you're fine but if they don't if you don't see a uh people buying diesel fuel every day there unless you just gotta have some buy you ten dollars worth and move on to the next spot hmm. i tell people to go to truck stop sure they sell a lot of diesel truck stop makes sense i got uh one station there in benton it's, it's a Valero station which jim holland buys his fuel there uh, a, a bunch of the trucking people buy fuel there because it's easy to get in now mm-hmm. i tell people go there and buy it you know go somewhere where they sell a bunch of diesel fuel and that'll save you a whole bunch of trouble you're still gonna have trouble don't get me wrong but yeah it'll put it off a whole lot longer it's man-made if it's man-made you're go- something's gonna break sooner or later you know what i tell them dave at work what's that i said if if human hands is touches it it's subject to messing up at any minute and you're right That's absolutely true. i mean all right, so Duck is going to be here until 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock, uh, Robert Steinbach is going to be here. We're going to talk about impeachment because the Democrats <coughs> won't let it rest. So we'll talk about mm, what's got to happen for something like that to happen and why would – Can we know, impeach Pelosi? No. <laughs> no, I just talked about Pelosi with Congressman uh, uh, Hill, who was just here for the show. And oh, he, he was in the studio today? Yeah, yeah. He said it's just crazy in D.C. Oh, I imagine – he said uh, they're bringing up something about uh, climate change this week. He says all the import, really important things we got, they want to talk about you know, climate change. He said, but thank God they're not talking about the Green New Deal. So uh, Dave Ellswick's show. More is coming your way. Duck is going to be here until the top of the hour. You got a question? 823-0965. 823-0965. All right. Willie gave us a call. He's on the phone. He's got a question. Let's talk to him. Willie, how are you? What are what's going on down there in the Benton area? Well, I wouldn't know, Dave. I've been in the hospital. What's the matter what with you, you Willie? Doing? I had total hip replacement. Oh, oh goodness! Yeah, that's that's a major operation. Did they use? You ain't kidding, Dave. Hey, did they use Black and Decker or DeWalt on you? <laughs> hey, Doug. Yes, sir. <laughs> you didn't want you to answer that. Phone number to Dick Evans. Say it one more time. Do you know Dickie Evans' telephone number? Yes, sir. 778-6544. Yes, sir. I want a bottle of chrome polish, and I ain't been able to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, just call Dickie. He'll send them out there to you. Huh? Call Dickie. He'll get it to you. Okay. I need to come in for an oil service sometime, Doug. All right. Just give me a call whenever you get ready. Are you doing okay with your hip? I'm learning how to walk again right now. Yeah. Well, you know, May May the eighth, we're gonna have cookout at the shop like we did last year. Oh, really? <clears throat> yes, sir. May the eighth. You got plenty of time. You got two weeks to learn how to walk again. Two weeks from today, matter you of used, fact. You used to know how to walk. I'm sure you still can walk. Make sure you get over there and get yourself a burger. No, we're having catfish this year. Oh, catfish! All right, the Riverside catfish going to cater it from 11:45 to 1:45. Huh. Well, come on down, hey, Dave, see me. Yeah, Dave, I hadn't been able to listen to your show last few weeks. Are you, have you totally had uh, withdrawal? <laughs> You've been having withdrawal pains? 
Huh? You, you better have him withdraw. Hey, are you doing? Are you are you taking an opioid? <laughs> How you feeling though? You feeling all right? You know where I'm taking the pain medicine? Yeah, yes, sir. What are you taking? Oxycodone. There you go. I was wondering which which opioid they put you on. I mean, sometimes you got to take that stuff. I had yeah. to do that. I had to take a couple pain pills uh, after I got done with that quintuple bypass. Yeah, I know you had a bypass. Yeah, had to take that. And I'm telling you what, I've heard that having your hip replaced is worse than having open-heart surgery. Really? Uh, yeah, I prefer a hip replacement, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, Willie, we'll we appreciate you. you. We appreciate you. Glad I'm, you're doing better. Yep, you be you okay, walk over and see guys. us. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, get him over <laughs> in two weeks. He can... I had a friend. I got another friend. Mark is my buddy. And... Uh, he had a hip replacement, but that hip replacement was not as bad. He had had have a her- hernia surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, re- he had some replacement going on that that gauze or whatever webbing that they Come apart. put in around. Yeah, it was coming apart, and they did it. That looked like it was worse than the hip replacement to me. Russell had him one here. It's been a few years ago, and they went through his belly button. Yeah, and he told me he said, "Daddy, I ain't never been sore in my life." He said, "You can't move, you can't bend, you can't cough." That's what he said for about four weeks. Yeah, he said it was not fun in any way, shape, or form. Yep. And when I said Black and Decker or Dewalt, I wasn't fooling around. That's the kind of you know drills and stuff they use when they're doing hip replacements. Yep, they drill holes, they cut saws, and yeah, you don't. If they ever ask you, I remember when the first time you're going to rebuild my my right shoulder, they asked me, "You you want to see the the video of it?" I said, "Absolutely not." Me neither. I've been told you don't want to watch it when they literally almost disconnect an arm from your body and they're moving it around and working on it. I I can only imagine what it's like for hip surgery. Yeah, that's like when they done that heart surgery on me. They asked me that I want a video. I told them, nope. Yeah, I don't. Y'all just knock me out and wake me up when y'all get through. I don't want to look like a stand-in for alien. No. You know, I don't want to be looking no. at my chest laid wide open and my heart sitting there not beating yeah. at that moment. Thinking, is it going to start again yeah. or not? Well, evidently, if I'm thinking, is it going to start again? It, it worked. Would. It did. It worked. <laughs> no problem. But, yeah. So, if you got a question for Duck, 8230965, that's the question. And and not for Dickie Evans' phone number. All right. Again, if you want to talk to him about this uh, this whole thing with diesels that you can run into which could cost you 10k, that's not a good thing at all. Now, this is the same kind of stuff that they have in a big rig, isn't it? Yes, sir. How much more does it cost to do the big rigs than it takes on a regular pickup 15. truck? 15. Yeah, it's basically the pumps pretty well the same. Uh, it's just a little bit bigger. The injectors a little bit bigger. The lines are about the same size, but it's just on eighteen wheeler, just a little bit bigger. You know there. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, people who own the diesel pickup need to come by and look at this. Just okay, walk in the door and turn to the left, and I've got all three pumps. I got one off a of Ford. I've got one off a of Chevrolet, and I got one off a of Dodge sitting there. You can take your pick. They're all identically same. The only difference is Ford lines comes out the top, Chevrolet comes out the back, Dodge comes out the side. That's that's the only difference. That's the only difference in what they do. Yep. They just, right. for the, just depend on where the lines come and out. And just know you don't want to end up at Ducks getting it fixed because it's going to cost you money. Ten grand. 
It's yep. going to cost you money. Yes, sir. It's uh, and I don't know expensive. about a lot of people. I don't have ten thousand dollars sitting in the bank. It's hard. It's it's. I've had people come up and pay me in three different credit cards. Wow! Just to, to get their truck out, of, you know, out of the shop and get it paid for. Yeah, because you just can't leave it there. No storage fees. Because after seven days, I had to start charging twenty five dollars a day storage fee. Yeah. You know, because my six, seven thousand dollars is tied up there just in parts. All right, we're going to have a caller when we come back. Did he say what kind of car he wants to deal with? Nothing. All right, just tell him be patient. We'll be back with him. We got a break for news. We got to pay some bills, and then uh, Duck is going to be here until five o'clock when Robert Steinbach will join us. The Law professor from uh, UALR, Bowen School of Law, and his opinions are his and his alone, not that of the school. Just know that we're going to talk impeachment. You don't want to miss that hour discussion. You'll understand a lot more about it at that hour. Here's the news. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Who we got on the line there? John in Little Rock wants to talk to you, Duck. Hey, John, how are you? Welcome to the hey, Dave Ellswick well, Show. Guys. Doing well, I love your show. Enjoy hearing, hearing you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, it got me a little nervous. Uh, I, I bought a 10,000-pound travel trailer, had a Ford F-150 EcoBoost, didn't have the guts. Yes, sir. So I bought me a, a Dodge one-ton with a 6.7 cup. Yes, sir. Uh, I bought a, got a good, good price, uh, had 12,000 miles on it. Yes, sir. Um, did I mess up? What year model is it? No, sir, you didn't mess 17. up. It's 17. Well, it's still under warranty then. It's oh, got, yeah, yeah. It's got, got a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty on that part. But yeah. No, yeah. sir, but but let me explain something to you. A lot of people, when you when they service them, they do not change the fuel filter on it. I've already done that. I, I, change, I tell all of my customers at shop, and I work on, I, I'd be afraid to even say, Probably sixty, seventy a week. I work on different Ford Chevrolet, but they're all the same. Right. But I tell people when you change oil, change the fuel filter. Yep. Okay. And okay. if you I go buy, if you go buy a bumper to bumper store, yep. there's some stuff in a red bottle it's made by Pyre, uh, Pyre Serve, Pyre Service. Okay. It okay. says it's it's in a red bottle. And it says nine one one on it. Okay. It's got a lubricant in it. It's got octane yep. booster, and it will kill the water that's in the tank or the or the the algae that's growing. It's the best, okay. and I and it ain't that that I'm just selling that. I've I've actually experimented with it on three or four different things, and I had a I had a truck come in. The diesel fuel was white. Okay. I poured three drops in a, in a in like a water bottle, like a sixty ounce water bottle. Yep. Shook it up. The fuel turned back to regular color. Okay, 911? It's called 911. It's made by Source. Any bumper to bumpers got it. Just go by and tell them you want 911 for diesel fuel treatment. And, and the bottle will treat 125 gallons. Okay. I've, I've been running the Lucas, which is what the guy was doing before, but yep. uh, you recommend a 911? Well, I recommend a 911 because I have tried it and tested it, yep. and and it's made by the same people who help make the injection pumps. Okay. Does that help lubricate the pump as well? That's yes, sir. That? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, it helps lubricate the pump. But as far as you buying it, no, sir, you didn't go. You didn't go wrong. They're they're uh, like I say. The biggest problem is people won't take care of them. Yeah, well, it pulls like a champ. I like it. Oh, you you <laughs> can't awesome. you can't you can't ask for no more pulling power than what you got there because it's got plenty. Yeah, it does the job. Yeah, uh, it, guys, it, love the show. Thank All you, right, John. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it. That was John from Little Rock, and. Uh, He's paying attention to what Duck's saying. 
because he knows he doesn't have $10,000 just sitting around ready to pour into his car or into his truck. And the worst part about it is, Dave, you can take that coffee cup that you just filled up yeah. and pour that into your fuel. It's going to settle to the bottom. Well, guess where the pickup tube is? At the bottom. On the bottom. So it's unless you have a good filter and you keep it changed regular, water's going to get through it eventually. Mm-hmm. And they say one drop of water in an in injector blow tip off. And I've seen it before, so I, I, you know, it ain't no hearsay. I've watched it. So, you know, I just tell people, a fuel filter is cheap compared to $10,000. That's hit. exactly right. You, how much is it? From bumper to bumper to get, up, to get yourself a good fuel, fuel filter, how much are you going to spend? A Wix filter, that one he just talked about has two filters most likely. Okay. It's got one underneath. Yeah, he the, said he chained both of them. It's got one underneath the, the door, and it's got one up on the engine. You're looking at probably $50 to change both of them, $50, $60 for okay. both filters. $50, $60 versus $10,000. Yes, sir. And, it, and, it, and the worst part about it is if it does go down and he takes it to Dodge, Dave, they're going to pull a fuel sample out of the tank before they do anything. And if they suck water out of the tank, you have no warranty. You're on your own. And that's why I tell people. SOL. You're on your own. Simply they, out of luck. And and they what they'll do, they'll go in the computer, and, and it's called black flagging. And if you take it to another dealer, think, well, I'll take it to another dealer. As soon as they pull that VIN number up, it spits out. Yeah, it gives all that information. Yeah. So, you know, I just tell people, just buy your good diesel fuel. Like I mean, you just talking want to go. Go somewhere good and buy it. Yeah. Save you a whole bunch of trouble. Buy a wick. Best filter out there. <coughs> Joe's yes, finding all of that out right now in North Carolina. He'll be back yeah. with us next week. Did I hear that you're not here next week? No. Okay. Me and my wife, we're going on our 43rd wedding anniversary. Well, congratulations. We'll be married the 30th of this month. We'll be married 43 years. I just got to say, if you make it past five now, you're to be commended. But you know, 43 years, that's incredible. You know the thing about that, Dave? Me and her have been boyfriend and girlfriend since the eighth grade. <laughs> so what was the first thing you bought her? I don't remember. Ice cream cone or something like that? I, I have no <laughs> idea. We broke up for a little while, then we went back together. And, you know, we broke up, and then in the 11th grade, we went back together, and we've been there ever since. Been together, and, and you don't even add that into the nope. 43 years, aren't you? Nope. We got out of high school. She didn't know what she wanted to do. I knew what I had to do. I had to go to work because I, I got to make money. I come from a poor family. I come from. I got nine brothers and sisters, and you know, I I went to work. Yeah, well, you got to work. I was already working every day at my dad's shop at at school, anyways. So, right. You know, and and my wife she scolds me every once in a while because somebody a call and I tell them, well, stick the phone up to the motor and let me hear it run. <laughs> She'll just, she'll, she asks exactly what she does that she laughs me. She said, are you really going to let him do that? Yeah, why? She said, and you think you're going to – I said, yeah, I, I, can, I can – I can make the call. I can tell whether or not he can drive it or he better be turning the key off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but – and it comes natural. I mean, I can – my oldest son, Russell, he'll – you know, I'll tell him how to do something, and he'll look at me like, Dad, are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But I can look at yeah, something. Yeah, when, when he, by the way, I've, I've known Duck now for years. When he says pretty sure, it's 
Yeah, it's pretty sure. Yeah, it's pretty sure. He'll give him he'll give himself credit that I might miss it, but probably not going to happen. But I just retain, you know, I retain more of my brain. It's 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 full. I had to let it 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 clears every night when I shut my eyes and go to bed. Yeah, I had to restart it every morning. Get gotcha. back working. Again. I understand what you're saying. But All right. so we need to talk about the car show too. Dave. Okay, let's do that when we come back. Okay. Let me remind everybody about Sunny's Auto Salvage, number one choice for recycled auto parts. Not next week, but maybe the week after. We'll have uh, R.D. join us here Good. on the uh, the show. It'd be a lot of fun. That probably would be when we're over at your place. I probably it's two can, weeks from today. Yeah, yeah, we can get him over and I'll call I can, him. I'll call him tomorrow too and poke him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, do that and tell him come on over and get some catfish and. We can all sit around and and, yep. and shoot the breeze until and I got, we go on the air. And I got stuff to give away. I got some flashlights and some screwdriver sets. That uh, good stuff. Uh, I got a. Uh, well, you got some people coming. You got what the mayor and all kinds of people. I got the mayor. I got the mayor of Benton coming. The mayor of Bryant coming. Supposedly the mayor of Haskell coming. I got the county judge coming. Uh, uh, sheriff's supposed to be there. So. They'll all be there. Come on by and interview. You know. those, those mayors, they're happy to look at the front page of today's paper. Yes, sir. And I talk about that $90 million venture that's opening with 600 new jobs, all paying $22 or more. Yep. Because that money's not going to just be spent in Little Rock. It's going to be spent in Bryant and Benton yeah. and Alexander and all those areas. Yeah, they're talking about 560 people, I think, they are going to employ when it's completely done. 600. Oh, is it 600? 600, yeah. They're going to start hiring uh, this fall, and the majority, evidently, is going to be hired next spring. Very cool. Want to make guns? Sounds like fun to me. Here's the job I want. I'm just hearing. I, I haven't read what it entails, but a test firer. That's my job. <laughs> you reckon we can, they, can, they can split that point, me and you? Yeah, that sounds like fun to me. Yeah, I might work part-time for that. All right, don't forget about Sonny's. All right, Sonny's uh, is your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Call him at 982-7451. Let me say that a little slower. Everybody complains. I talk too fast at times. 982-7451. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage. I've used him extensively over the last year and a half. I've put two uh, motors from well-maintained total loss vehicles at his place in my car's. I put a, a transmission in my car, and I even make, put in a taillight in my car. And all of it was the right price. All of it has run without a problem, and uh, Sonny's does a great job. Every part guaranteed comes with standard warranty. Call them, talk to them. It's a whole lot cheaper than going out and buying a new one. Let me just put it that way. 982-7451. Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice. For recycled auto parts. Now, let me remind you what PI Roofing and Home Solutions has done. Uh, they bought Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services, and now they'll clean your gutters as well. Uh, you get the professionalism of one of the best roofing companies in the area. You get the professionalism of a company that understands that when you have something happen at your house, it's not a you know not a big deal to a contractor but it's a big deal to you because it's in your house but a a contractor may not want to take on the job because it's just too small for them they'll tell you uh they'll take care of those home repairs for you and they'll clean your gutters now as well all you have to do to check out on 
How to get any of that done is go to piroofing.com. That's piroofing.com. Joel Johnson and his crew will take real good care of you. I know that for a fact because they've done that kind of stuff for me as well. Haven't done the, the, the gutter cleaning, but the roof and the repair, they've done all of that, and they are exceptional. I cleaned mine the other day. Your gutters? It's not fun. Yes. It's nasty. Nasty work. That's all I can say. Yep. All right, so with that said, we're down to uh, not too much time left here, about uh, 11 minutes. The car show's coming. If you come in the studio, we got a we got a thing that's on the window saying that the car show's coming. If you go down the hallway, you'll see it there as well. We want everybody to know about this because it's one of the premier car shows in the area. Yep. And, and this year, we're going to have a new class that we've been trying to figure out what to do with, a Jeep class or basically a four-wheel drive class. Okay. Now, you I've know. been told yes. that they're going to wait till next year. Yeah. We, we, we still ain't got everything figured out. Okay. I mean, we're working, you know, but I just want everybody to know we are working on it to try to, you know, we, the problem is we've got to figure somebody that can judge it. Okay. You know, that's, that's the whole hold up right now, but everything else... All the other classes still on go, you know. It's in the overall winter. You know, we'll win a thousand dollars shopping spree. We're going to give away two sixty-five inch TVs, which was donated by uh, Philip. No, yeah, Philip out of uh, out of Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff, yep. Uh, they're going to be drop. Do drop, yep. And they're going to be giving. Ronald McDonald's is supposed to be selling the tickets. Yeah, uh, they're taking care of it. We're not. We uh, don't. We have nothing the, to do with that money. All the money goes straight to them. Uh, every dollar's raised goes to them. Same way with your, when you register, it all goes to them. All right. We got Pete. He's in Pine Bluff. Keith. Keith, Keith in Pine Bluff. And, uh, hey, Keith, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show and your question for Duck. Well, I've got a 99 F-150 uh, with 4.6 V8 engine, uh, over two, about 208,000 miles on it. When it idles, it's fine, but when I just – hit the accelerator any at all there's it runs rough or whatever i thought i almost heard like a little sucking sound from under the hood but i couldn't tell where it was coming from like a vacuum issue but i was just wondering if that what possibly that might be a plug plug wire vacuum or what is check engine light on uh, yes, it is. Yeah, need to get it scanned. Soon. Yeah, need to get it scanned. It's probably going to have a a misfire code, like a three hundred misfire code. But now, uh, also on them things on the very back of the intake, if you stick your hand around behind it, there's a vacuum uh-huh. line that comes up and goes to the PCV valve, and it's and it those things are real bad to collapse and blow apart. And it'll do oh, the same okay. thing, and it will set up PO three hundred code. It'll be a 300, 301, 302, 304, you know, all the way up to there. But I will okay. check that before I've done anything. All right. So, so if I had to, would it hurt anything to drive it to get it checked out? If I no, sir. If that's not the issue? No, sir. Okay. That's what I was hoping to hear. No, sir. Thanks it may, it, it may hurt and jerk a little bit, but it won't hurt nothing. Hey, go to okay. go to Dew Drop uh, Auto Repair at 6020 Sheridan Road there in Pine Bluff. Yeah, that's where I buy parts from sometimes. Yeah, All right. He'll, he'll take, take care good, of you. He'll take good care of you. It's oh, Kenneth yeah. Phillips. Thank you, guys. Thank right. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, bye. All right, so we got him taken care of. Kenneth Phillips, take good care of you, man. Yes, sir, he will. He's he's the man. Yep. Not only does he and have And we got a new one down there, there, too, too, Dave. The Monks. Yeah, we got Monks. I've been I 
matter of fact i talked to him right before i left to come up here and i said i'm going on the radio get in your car and meet me there <laughs> and he said i'm That's busy right. he's i'm not busy here he didn't decide to come here well, well we're it was the last our, minute we're going to get rd here uh two weeks from today Oh, two weeks from the day, we'll be at my place. Well, we'll be at your place, yeah. but he'll be but there he'll, at yeah, your place. He'll be, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. I'll have call him, him and poke us. him tomorrow too, and and you know, just to read him a little bit anyway. Yeah, just do that. Just give I him talk to him two or three times a month, four times a month. He's a good man. When I can get him on the phone, I see him every week. Yeah, he yeah, comes up every week. He's on the power panel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, people ask me why did you cho- choose him because he's a great small business owner. Yes, and you need to know. And Dave, things that are being done at the at capital affects small businesses. And he started from like the rest of us did with nothing. Nothing, you know. He had a guy that believed in him, which was Sonny. Mm-hmm. And the guy and the RD has not let him down. He's like the rest of us. He, you know, we've all had our struggles at times. Don't get me wrong, but. But Sonny's well believed in RD, and I and I I've known him for years. And RD is there every day yes sir he's got his hands on that business he, yeah, knows he may be happening. on a computer buying cars but now nah. but he's there he knows what's going on yes sir he does and and you know but we're gonna be at the shop so y'all come on down and see us yeah tell him where's russ at. coming with you explain it russ you're gonna come two weeks from today you want to come out to to, to uh uh ducks sorry if I'm not engineering, I'll be out there. Yeah, you got to come out and have some, have some catfish and stuff. They're going to have raw onion with it? He said he'd have everything. All right. If that's the case, you got to be there. All right. Tell people how to get there. I'm at 1511 Airlane Drive in Benton. Come to the last Benton exit. Get off. Go over the overpass. Come back down to the service road. Make a left. Go to the first road. Make a left. I'm about a half a mile down on the right. All right. Got another caller. Edgar's going to join us here in Little Rock. Hey, Edgar, how are you? What's your question for Duck? Yeah, I've got a, a 97 Toyota Tacoma with 249,000 miles on it. I put a new head gasket on it, and after I got it all back together and started it, it, it took a little while to get it started. And every morning when I go out to start it, it does the same thing. It's difficult to start. Yes, sir. After after it warms up, then it'll start regular. Well, it could be one of about three or four different things. One of the things I'm going to say what it sounds like it's doing is called soaking. You got injectors that's leaking down and and it's filling the cylinder full. Is is one of the things I'd look at. Um, What model did you say it was? Ninety seven. Yeah, it needs to be scanned too. Does the check engine light on or anything or? Yeah, it is. And I went over to Bumper to Bumper, and they put the Treater on it. scanner on it. Yes, sir. Yeah, and it, it, what is the deal that change? I mean, sends the fuel or whatever back to be burnt up? That he said that may be clogged up because it came up on the catalytic scan. converter. Yeah, but I mean, it could be stopped well, up. But I bet you got other problems. Is your problem? You need to just go by. Where are you located at? In West Little Rock. Uh, either go by Joe over on uh, or Crystal Hill Road. Crystal Hill Road, or go out to uh, what's one I don't cancel, Dave. Ryan, go out and see yeah, Ryan. Ryan, just you need to go somewhere and let somebody put it on a machine that can look at all the information. And you're probably going to okay. wind up with the injector leaking off. Is probably what you're going to wind up with. 
and that's and that and that's not really difficult to no, fix. No, it's it's not difficult to fix. Okay, but Do you know about how much it would cost to fix that. I just uh, had an injector replaced on my uh, SUV. I got an Acadia. It cost me about uh, a little over three hundred bucks. I was going to say somewhere between two and four hundred dollars would probably take care of it. But the first thing you need to do is let somebody look at it because you can take the information and look at it and see if the fuel is leaking off, see if the fuel pressure is leaking off that quick. Yeah, well, it said as he scrolled through it that uh, all four cylinders were rich or something. It was rich. Yes, sir. And you could have – it even could be a a fuel pressure regulator. It's there on the rail. You just need to get somebody to scan it and then do a little checking on it. You either go see Ryan or go see Joe yeah, and tell them Duck and Dave sent Yeah, they'll take good care of you. Yes, sir. But somebody needs to put okay. it that can look at all the information. All right. Okay. Where, where exactly is Ryan? Did you say? Ryan, do you know where the where the uh, big uh, new Walmart? Well, it's not new anymore on yeah, Highway yeah. Ten. Is that he's right across yeah. the street behind that Shell station? Shell station. Yes, sir. Okay, last week when it was torn down rain, <laughs> I, my, I was out at Natural Steps, and my truck yep. died twice on the way home. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd lay you odds. You got something in the fuel problem. You go talk to Ryan. He'll take care of you, all right? Yes, sir. Okay. Thank right. you. We'll talk to you later, Edgar. we got to run. We're out of time here this hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. News is just around the corner. Duck, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Dave. I'll see you in two weeks at your place. Yep, I won't be here next week. We'll be out of pound, pocketing, you know, running around, me and her. All right, sounds good. Enjoy Thank you. your uh, your anniversary. Forty three years. Yep, I highly commend you. And on she's that. listening. Happy happy anniversary, honey. All right, there you go. Let's get to the news that's coming up next. Then Robert Steinbach impeachment. That nasty word. We'll talk about it. I got to tell you what. All those people have been calling me and sending me messages and part of the brew crew you know the milwaukee uh brewers uh, fans they're crying now man they're crying they lost again to st louis st louis beat them uh at bush today five to two and how many have they lost in a row now about four or five i think and they go out they leave from where they play there in milwaukee and they have a rough time of it zach and i were talking about that last night we were texting back and forth and uh, they're not in first place anymore. Pittsburgh is in first place. St. Louis, oh, St. Louis is now because Pittsburgh can't handle uh, Arizona. I think they lost all the games against Arizona. Are they play in Arizona tonight. What's going on with Pittsburgh? Are they already play already. Yep, they're playing Arizona tonight at six oh five. Cubs playing the Dodgers again uh, tonight at Wrigley. That uh, gets underway at seven oh five. I'll be uh, holding my phone next to me tonight watching the game. I got MLB.com. So, as you know, I'm a huge baseball fan. For you who are baseball fans, uh, Texas and Oakland are knotted up, bottom of the 7th, 5-5. San Francisco uh, beating Toronto 4 to nothing in the bottom of the 7th. Finals right now, Cleveland just putting it on the hapless Miami Marlins, 6-2. Uh, Kansas City beating Tampa Bay 10-2. Milwaukee lost to St. Louis 5-2. Washington lost to Colorado again 9-5. And uh, Seattle uh, losing to San Diego 1-0. You know, the the team that's really surprised me because I thought 
And again, it's just really early in the season. I mean, we're not even through the first month, seriously. Uh, is Philadelphia. But I thought they'd have a better re- re- record than 12-11. and 11. I mean, with the money they spent and the people that they signed, that offense, I thought, was going to be able to do very, very well. However, as the offense has put up a lot of runs, uh, not so good as far as their pitching. Pitching's uh, been suspect now, but they're twelve and eleven on the year, and the Jet and the Mets thirteen and ten. So uh, the Mets are trying to close in on the five hundred mark now, and uh, I don't know how long they can keep it going either. Their pitching staff is kind of questionable, as far as I'm concerned, except for Degrom. Degrom, that guy, he could win another two or three uh, Cy Young awards before he's done. Although. He seems to be is, – is DeGrom still on the uh, I.L.? I think he is. Is he still on the injury list? Yeah. Yeah, his his arm has been hurting him. That's not a good sign, just so you know. All right. Robert Steinbach is here. Everybody watching on Facebook Live right now, this is the man. I told you he's going to be here today because I – look, the Democrats just won't shut up about impeachment. They will not. They refuse Good. to shut up. And Good. Yeah, I know. You, you're you all about it. I, I just, here's my, this is my case about this. Other than feeding the left, because that's all this is going to do is feed the left. It's going to turn every centrist off. Because what I'm going to say, every centrist knows. It doesn't matter if they bring articles of impeachment or not. It's going to die in the Senate. Of course it is. It's basic math. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to die. So why even pursue it unless you think in somehow it's going to energize a significant portion of the people who are following you? And if that's the kind of people that make up the Democratic Party now, they're in serious trouble. The interesting thing about our political system is that to win a primary, of course, you run in your party only. That's correct. Right? So you don't run, and the Democrats don't run with any Republicans voting in their primary and vice versa. So the, the group of people voting in the primary for the Democrats are more left and for Republicans are more right than the general population because the general population is essentially the combination of the two. Correct. Right? But I, I believe, and I said this earlier today, that Americans generally are center-right. Yes, uh, I agree, absolutely. But the Democratic Party is not. And to win a primary, no. right, you win only amongst them. Yes. So when, to win the primary for the Democrats, you've got to appeal to, at best, the middle of that group. Not the middle of the general population, the middle of that group, if you look at a bell curve. It gets a little complicated here. Or, to, But more generally, what does that mean? You've got to make particularly leftist comments. That's the middle right. of the Democratic group is leftist. The left of the Democratic Party is far leftist, and the right of the Democratic Party is arguably uh, center-left. So you've got to, in any event, to get say, two-thirds of that group, you've got to espouse particularly leftist views. And this is why I say that Biden doesn't stand a chance in the primary. Well, that's a problem, right? Because a problem. he's more center-left. 
That's right. When we used to look at Biden back in the late 70s, 80s, he was a liberal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now right. he looks like, you know, he's a smart liberal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and the 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 only way a Biden – let me finish that last point and tie into this point, right? And that is – so that's why you hear these calls for impeachment because they're appeal, it's the candidates appealing to their base. Yes. Now, when you see people like Nancy Pelosi, she's not running in a primary. Uh, and, and she wants to make sure that she keeps as many members of the House Democratic. Okay, she, right? understand. Yeah. I just had uh, Congressman – Hill on today, mm-hmm, all right? And he said the only way that Pelosi got elected speaker mm-hmm. is that she made this unholy alliance with Omar and ROC or AOC, AOC, AOC right, and, right. And, and the rest of the real far lefties. Mm-hmm. And he, she, she said in accord that she can't even bring up a uh, a smart piece of legislation now. Oh, I think I think there's I think that's correct, uh, and that's but that's an example of what we're talking about. To win an election in a Democratic group, you've got to appeal to the far leftists. For for Nancy Pelosi to win the speakership, she had to appeal to the far leftists. Now that she's in power, she's trying to walk that line because she wants to keep the speakership, but she also wants to keep as many Democrats in the House, and that's about general elections, and that's about yeah. appealing to the middle. And so that's the the essential conflict. The only way that Biden has a chance to win the primary is if those in the party, in the Democratic Party, recognize that the only way a Democrat can win the general election is by running a moderate. And th- therefore, the the center left and left and maybe even some but not many of the far left in the Democratic Party uh, vote against some of their far left instincts for the purposes of being strategic so as to get a candidate that can win the general election. It seems unlikely. Okay, so – what do you think are the legitimate chances that we'll see impeachment come out of the House? You know, it's it, this is one of those fortune-telling questions. Of course, they do it all the time on these Sunday morning shows. I'm a little more reticent, only in the sense that it's ultimately – it's it's completely a question for the Democrats, right? Because only yeah. the Democrats are going to pursue this, and they're only going to pursue it – for political reasons. Those, by the way, that you hear on the stump right now saying, well, there's no political exception, that means they are playing politics as well. Mm-hmm. So they're all playing politics. Now, part of the game is playing politics. So I'm not saying inherently they can't do that. Um, my sense is that Nancy Pelosi won't bring it up, but I don't know. Like, I don't have a strong sense of, oh, it's definitely coming or it's definitely not coming. I really don't know. Well, we got to take a break. And when we come back, I'll play something that Nancy Pelosi said Mm -hmm. about impeachment. And then we'll we'll debate whether she just knows that it's never going to happen or maybe she thinks the chance of it happening has gained some momentum. We'll get to that. I have. I'm going to have Russ pull down a piece of audio that I didn't pick, pull down today, but he can probably pull it up pretty quickly. Learn the little-known strategies that could help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with their free 
tax reduction analysis. That's from David Lucas, David Lucas Financial. Hear him Saturdays, 10 and 3, talking common sense and making uh, real logical arguments for doing this tax reduction analysis. It can save uh, you a lot of money. Uh, It will reveal little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401k, Social Security benefits, and more. So to get this free analysis, be one of the first callers right now. Be one of the first of the 10 callers that we'll take right now at 501-653-6690. This could save you literally huge big money, thousands upon thousands of dollars. Uh, Call 501-653-6690. Again, the number is 501-653-6690. All right, back with you. I told you I had uh, or would get some uh, audio from uh, the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, dealing with impeachment because she's been waffling. I mean, she's been trying to uh, talk down impeachment uh, with the the crazies on the real left in the Democrat Party, you know AOC and what was her name? Is it Ibra or the lady from um, Minnesota? I can't oh, think of her name. Yeah, the one I just, that wears I have the, it here in an article actually. We, yeah. Where's the uh, the uh, not? She doesn't wear a burqa. She wears no. just a head the, scarf. the head garb. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know they're all talking, and and then if you watch the CNN town hall. You heard Sanders say he's all in on impeachment. Right. Uh, Harris said she was all in. You got to impeach him. And the same thing with uh, Warren. She was all in on impeachment. Here, Here's what uh, Pelosi said yesterday. Well, mm-hmm. I do believe that uh, all of us in uh, public office, and especially if any additional responsibilities, have a duty to the American people to keep us together. Our founders... For all the good things they gave us, gave us guidance, e pluribus unum, from many one. They couldn't imagine how many we would be or how different we would be from each other. But they knew that we had to strive for oneness. I do believe that impeachment is one of the most divisive forces, uh, paths that we could go down to in our country. But if the facts, the path of fact-finding takes us there, we have no choice. But we're not there yet. And as I said... I've said in my letter, I said to my members, I say to you, as I said earlier, uh, there are many ways to hold the president accountable. The Congress, uh, the Justice Department may have not decided to use its full power to impeach, to to indict. Uh, Congress will not be silent in terms of using our constitutional power uh, to find the facts of the American people. What else do you have? The Mueller report, that was two years of trying to find the facts that were there to impeach the man, and they didn't find them. Congress, of course, is empowered to do independent investigations. But, sure. But here's the interesting part about that and your comment, and you're right on, which is they kept deferring to the Mueller report. Sure. Saying, well, we just, we're going to wait to hear what Mueller said. Mueller, he's a, he's a honest, hardworking, all these positive things. And and to be clear, on your show, Dave, in the past, I said I was not critiquing Mueller. I was not in love with the composition of his team, but I was not critiquing Mueller. And sure enough, they got the Mueller report, and it's not the slam bang that they found. No. And here what's moreover interesting about the, about the de- Democrats and the, the leftists is even when they get something, they want more. So 
Mueller, not by accident, made two volumes for his report. He made one on collusion, and he simply, uh, he ultimately said, no collusion, period. It was quite a strong statement. Yes. No collusion. And then on the other one, he intentionally waffled and kind of kicked it over to the Congress. And as some people have suggested, he kind of said to them, well, if you guys want to uh, take up hearings and impeachment, et cetera, on, on volume two, you know, you're free to do so, but I don't have the power to do so. So he punted on that one. So a smart Democratic Party would say, well, Mueller told us to do number two or to look into number two. By do, I mean look into, just to be clear, volume two. And they would, if they were interested, do that one and say, and we concede, there's nothing to collusion and we were wrong all along on collusion. But they don't say that. Look at the mainstream media. Uh, all, all the mainstream media, well, we never said anything about collusion. Us? Mm-hmm. Huh? What? Yeah. Collusion? Yeah. We, never, we never even heard the word collusion. Yeah. If I bumped into the word collusion on the subway, I would say, excuse me, sir, we've never met before. <laughs> it's remarkable how the mainstream media has has sort of reversed the narrative. Now, with all due respect to the media, and I like the media, and by the way, Trump has said this, although his balance may be a little bit different than mine, Trump has said this, he likes the media, I like the media, but that is fake news. And what what am I talking about? The notion that the mainstream media wasn't spinning a tale of collusion and and outwardly saying, here is evidence of collusion. Well, they, I think what they try to do is... They weren't saying collusion. I forget what word they Conspiracy. were using. Conspiracy. Right, right, because collusion is not a crime. Which is the same thing. Of course it is, right? Look, the collusion is a layman's term for the criminal act of conspiracy, and that's what we were talking about. Now, the Dems came up with the term collusion in the first place, so they were foolish in their nomenclature because then they had to back away and redefine it, and they could have just said conspiracy. But it's really – remember the thing. Donald Trump stands up in a a rally. You saw it. We all saw it. He said, you know, Hillary clearly – Bleached all these emails, got rid of 30,000 emails. Are you listening? Yeah, are you listening? Hey, if you guys can find it, because nobody over here on the Democratic side seems able to turn over what are legitimate public records that need to be turned over. Now, that's the opposite of collusion, right? Yeah. You don't you don't go in public and say to somebody, can you do this uh, and, and try to have some conspiracy? It's typical rhetoric exactly with sarcastic exactly. remarks and by to the way, make a point that's exactly right and then now they're like did you hear rudy giuliani rudy giuliani said we should take information from the russians again not accurate that's the mainstream media here's what here's what rudy giuliani said if people come in to give you dirt on an opposing candidate doing a campaign during a campaign generally you take the dirt if it's a legitimate And dirt. what did he say? If it had been my campaign, right. probably not. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. that's what he said. Right. Uh, but but his broader point, I think, was generally you take the dirt. Now, what, what point am I getting to? Because they keep saying Russians. These were Russian people. They didn't come in and say we were the Russian government. government. That's correct. That's a different... And we were spying, and we broke into the computers, and we said... When I read that article way back when uh, about the Russians coming to meet with Don Jr., uh, it, and Don Jr., you recall, disclosed those emails immediately after that story broke, and it says some Russians want to come talk to us about things they know about Hillary. 
Well, to me, and I, listen. And I what did he say? If he's, if they got good stuff, right, I want to hear it. it. Exactly. When I read that, I read it as she was Secretary of State, and she interacted with Russians, both government, governmental, and non-governmental. Particularly, mind you, as you know, with the with their uh, foundation. And I thought, to me, I thought they were going to talk about foundation misdeeds. Now, I was wrong. But my point simply is that that's the type of statement that when you receive it, that doesn't say, hey. The, the Russian version of the CIA is showing up. It's some folks from Russia are showing up with dirt. Well, and what what else is interesting about this is nobody brings up the dossier from exactly. from Steele. Steele got that from the Russians. Well, and and, and they knew it. Like, oh, he's a highly esteemed, highly esteemed my, my my behind. Okay, he was he was a spy for about eight years. That's not that very long of a no. career, by the way. Then he went into private. Spying, private spying. What's private spying? So it goes into private. You know, that's like what the Chinese do. sounds like a size, right? Right. So it goes into private spying. He works for the Democrats. Uh, Comey never discloses to the FISA court that the source of this information is a partisan document. All right, we will be back and talk further about this. And how does it all start? We'll talk about it then. All right, back, Dave Ellswick show. So. Look, one of the great reasons that, and one of the things that I love having uh, our man on today, and of course Robert has not only been a college professor, he has worked in Washington, D.C., he's worked uh, with the Senate mm-hmm. and the House. Senate Judiciary Committee yeah. uh, Council. Knows knows what's going on, mm-hmm. understands how it works. And uh, so. and that's it's nice to Mostly. have him here to to do that because when you it. say impeachment, that's a a word that carries a lot sure. of weight. Sure. All right. So with that said, uh, and by the way, I got to do my disclaimer. This is Robert Steinbach. He is a uh, professor of law at Bowen School of Law for UALR, but his opinions are his and his alone. And not necessarily reflects what that of the school or that of the university. So with that said now, explain to the people that are watching on Facebook right now and the people who are listening on the radio, how does this all start and how does this all get put together? I mean, this is a many moving parts involved here. I I don't know. I, I think I know it generally. Uh, but there may be some intricacies I'm not aware of because it does start in the House, and I worked in the Senate. Uh, it starts basically like a bill, right? So they put together these articles of impeachment, and they've got to pass it like a essentially and what like a bill. what does it say? The president did this and right, did that? Right. Okay. We're charging him with these things. Okay. Uh, and then um, uh, they – I don't know. I, I I know they can conduct an investigation before. I don't know if they conduct an investigation after. But then it goes to the Senate for essentially the trial. Trial, yeah. Right. And all the senators serve as the jury. And the chief justice presides over the case, which is interesting because it does mean as a technical matter that you could use certain procedural devices to dismiss the case. Although I would think as a general matter, it's highly unlikely that the chief just, justice would dismiss it. Although the, case. the chief justice could sit there and say, this doesn't rise to high crimes and misdemeanors. Right, you know, that's part of that's it. Right. it. They can make a, that's a, a summary adjudication. And I, I think that's possible, although that's never been tested. Uh, but I think it's unlikely that the, that he would. For Roberts, you don't have the Conan, the Conan. Yeah. yeah. 
So, um, so it would be a trial, but uh, it would be a spectacle, and we know what the outcome is is already. And yeah. the outcome here is even more assured than the outcome was uh, during the Clinton one. Yeah. That was pretty well known. Nineteen ninety nine, right? And the numbers were known then, uh, and that. Of course, that hurt the Republicans uh, engaging in that process. For about three elections, yeah. in fact. Yeah. So uh, politically, it's unwise for the Democrats. But I'm not here to be one of those guys who's advising the Democrats and they're going to say, well, you're a Republican. We don't want your advice. That's why. Do whatever you want. You know, I'm just telling in you. In fact, you right? lean towards cut your own throat. It's, yeah. It's kind of like getting I, in a, tub, that's of, exactly a right. tub of water back right. in the Roman days and slitting your wrist. That's exactly right. I I think that if the Dems uh, pursue impeachment, it will be helpful for President Trump's re-election campaign. I really believe that. Now, that's a, that's a, a strategy call. That's a tactic tactics call, and one can never determine that after the fact because you don't have two universes in which one happens and one doesn't. But I think it would actually hurt them, yeah. Okay. And we have enough evidence based on the Clinton scenario, the the, the President Clinton scenario, to, to support my conclusion whether or not it's 100% true or not. So all of these people that are pressing for impeachment, right. Warren, right. AOC, right. Sanders, right. Harris, I haven't heard if Biden thinks so or not. Pelosi, listen to her. And, Depends what day with and Pelosi. She, yeah, yeah, and she's playing. She's trying to talk right down the middle. That's There's right. There's no doubt. Well, she's, she's like a, what a buddy of mine used to uh, characterize people as a windsock. You know, the thing you put up on the top of the house, see which direction, like a weather vane. Yes. Which, she's a windsock. She, puts her, she licks her finger and sees which way the wind is blowing, and then she parrots whatever that wind direction is. And that's what Harris is. Yeah. Oh, you know, here's, what Harris is. here's what Harris says. Harris says, hack. I think we should have a discussion about that. Let, let me tell you, Dave, when the left tells you conversation or discussion, hold on to your wallet. And keep your pants closed because either they're stealing your money or doing something else to you that I can't say on the radio. Okay? All righty? Conversation. Yeah. Discussion. Yeah. First of all, when they say let's have a conversation or discussion, uh, that they've, they've already come to their conclusion. And it ain't good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, can you say uh, prisoner dropping the soap in the shower? Okay, that's what I'm talking about here. That's the kind of conversation they're talking about. Right, okay. So watch out for the leftists when they tell you let's have a conversation, let's have a discussion. I'm ha- Listen, I'm a, a university professor, you know, a law school professor in particular. So I, I believe in nuance. I believe in discussions. The problem is they don't and when they use that word it's code language for watch out all right so let me give you a good example i'll I'll only come back to the whole impeachment thing again Mm, of course but i got two pieces of audio yeah from uh is it kamala or kamala yes oh she's kamala harris what is it again no it's kamala harris kamala 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 harris it's changed it's kind of like is it Dorset or Dorset? You know, I mean, it's certainly not Kamala because yeah. that was the Ugandan giant well, in wrestling. It could have been. I'm just saying. Maybe she's changed it because of that. But cut eight that I have here is if she's elected president of the United States, what she's going to do. I want you to listen to this, Robert, because you'll love listening. I'll to do what it she while I look out the do. window to see if there's any pigs flying. By. All right. So just, uh, here, here's what she said. This was during the CNN town meeting. And town hall. And mm. then I'm going to play what she said 
earlier or later last night, yeah. 25, 24 hours later. Sure. Here we As go. a future educator, I am really bothered that public schools are being targets for uh, mass shootings. Uh, two days ago was the 20th anniversary of the Columbine massacre, yeah. but still two decades later, no major gun control legislation has been passed. Yeah. So my question is, as president, how will you go about keeping our schools safe and keeping guns out of the hands of those who should not have them? Thank you, Ben. And I'm sure that there are plenty of students here who, while you were in um, high school, even middle school, that you had to participate in a drill, right? where you were convened and your teachers taught you about how you need to go and run in a closet because there may be a mass shooter roaming the hallways of your school. And in our America, that should never have to happen. Conversations take place every night. Conversations take place every night between students and their parents. Why do these things have to happen? Why do we have to have a drill like that? To which, of course, the response is because there are people in Washington, D.C., supposed leaders, who have failed to have the courage to reject a false choice, which suggests you're either in favor of the Second Amendment or you want to take everyone's guns away. Supposed leaders in Washington, D.C., who have failed to have the courage to recognize, you know what, you want to go hunting, that's fine. But we need reasonable gun safety laws in this country, starting with universal background checks and a renewal of the assault weapon ban. But they have failed to have the courage to act. So, Ben, here's my response to you. Upon being elected, I will give the United States Congress 100 days to get their act together and have the courage to pass reasonable gun safety laws. And if they fail to do it, then I will take executive action. And specifically what I will do is put in place a requirement that for anyone who sells more than five guns a year, they are required to do background checks when they sell those guns. I will require that for any gun dealer that breaks the law, the ATF take their license. And by the way, ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Well, the ATF has been doing a lot of the A and the T, but not much of the F. And we need to fix that. All right. So there you go. All right. So she went off. That's on gun control. Okay. She also talked about, they asked her, Bernie Sanders had spoken earlier and answered a question about should felons be allowed to vote has he backed away from that because it's such a bonkers idea he's just to be clear it's not people who were felons and got out of prison no which currently they people can't vote in prison people in prison how, how do you even do that administratively yeah we take away all obviously we take away their rights almost entirely they have no right to free speech they have no uh, there are certain elements of free speech they have but many free speech rights they don't have they have no rights to freedom uh, they have uh, they have no rights to the second amendment but the right to vote somehow she thinks is sacrosanct. Okay, so she's, she agreed with Sanders, basically. Oh, did she? All right. Then, and this is the thing that I was saying about, about she says, I think we should have a conversation about that. There you that, go. Right? Watch out. Now, Watch here, out. Here comes her answer 24 hours yeah. Yeah. later. Conversation. We right now have got a lot of work to do with the people in our country who have served their time and have been prohibited from voting. But, you know, um, do I think that people who commit murder, people who are terrorists, should be deprived of their rights? Yeah, I do. 
with the prosecutor. I believe that in terms of there, there has to be serious consequence no, for the, the most huh? extreme, wait, wait, extreme wait. types of crimes. Did she have a conversation with herself in the last night? Exactly. Did, you know, here's the conversation she had. The pollster whoever, walks in. Whoever who is running her campaign exactly. came in and said, don't ever say that exactly. again. Exactly. The pollster walks in. Uh, we just checked your numbers and you're in the toilet. Uh, so if you want to continue to run for an election that you have no chance of winning in any event, but meanwhile, we as the pollsters are getting paid, so we're not going to tell you that part. Uh, yeah, you got to stop saying that people in prison should be able to vote while they're in prison. Can you imagine they're going to have a, a voting booth? Are you going to have prisoners run it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just it was, I'm just saying they're their own worst enemies. They're, Did, they are going to they're going to pull defeat out of the possible mouth of victory. Did you see the video? I think it was on Tucker last night where they showed Bernie in the Soviet Union in this yeah. shirtless at a table with a group of people, including women, shirtless. I, to be honest, I, I have no idea why they were shirtless. Was he pound? Was he pounding vodka? Shots? I don't know, but it was like. <laughs> Like, you can't make this stuff up. You know, you think it's almost done with the computer technology, like fake, but it wasn't. No, no. These no, guys supported the Soviet Union. So let me just be clear. What you know? Oh, you know, you like to paint Bernie as a commie. Come on, it's ridiculous. I don't know. He went over to the communist nation and where the dictator told hundreds of millions of people what to do and, of course, killed tens of millions of people. Maybe even up to a hundred million, I think. I'm not sure. A lot. It's a, yeah, a, I mean, tens of millions of people, they, of people they killed. And the whole idea behind communism is we, not me, right? We, the communists in the in the non-elected government, know better for you about everything. So we're going to tell you, we're going to provide all the food for you. We're going to provide all the service for you. We're going to tell you what job to work in. You're going to come work in our government-run factories and you're going to do what we tell you and you're going to think what we tell you you're going to read what we tell you and you're going to know what we tell you and you're not going to know things that we don't want you to know we're going to eliminate eliminate language doesn't all this sound familiar dave we talked about just yesterday on your show how uh, the leftists on university campuses say that free speech is dangerous they literally are saying that free speech is dangerous why because some speech they disagree with and they want to be like the communists were look it's all form of totalitarianism it's all a form of dictatorship we want to tell you what to think because we know better that's dave come on why do you resist resistance is futile don't resist because we're doing it for your own good yeah i can't wait your own good to be in sanders america Oh I'll gosh. be in, I'll be in some camp somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Be one of those absolutely. guys walking by the barbed wire fence. Exactly. Somebody pa- passing me a couple of slices of bread. That's right. Absolutely. Have to eat. If you're lucky, because yeah, you're the enemy. A, yeah, that's right. If I'm lucky, because you're the enemy. The elite will want to kill me. So I hadn't talked about this, and I'm going to ask Scott to dig it up. Uh, Scott, Russ. Well, I quit. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. What kind of operation are we running That's around amazing. here, Russ? I'm yeah. telling you. With anyway, no respect. It's I'm like gonna... Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> Russ. You get no respect. Anyway, Russ, um, Russ, during the break, would you dig up uh, from Tuesday, Bernie attacking JFK for speaking out against communism? We want to do that, seriously. You got, you got to hear it. I don't make this stuff up. I just play it. Bottom line, though, again, the, the whole thing about impeachment we've talked about, they will draw up what's called articles of impeachment, 
they'll uh, they'll say this is uh, this rises to high crimes and misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you'd have to get a microscope to make it big enough to try to be uh, high crimes and misdemeanors. And then if it uh, gets voted on and they pass it out of the House, it go. and I doubt if it would, it would go over to the Senate, and the Senate will put the kibosh on it. And you as an American citizen, after them spending nearly $30 million on the Mueller report, will then spend millions of dollars on something they know wouldn't go through, and they will lose the White House. So what, are you complaining about? what are you complaining yeah, about? Yeah, that's true. Maybe Follow I, my plan. Maybe it, yeah. Follow my plan. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back and hear uh, Bernie one more time. Okay, so what What did Bernie Sanders think of, if, if you say Kennedy amongst the Democrat, yeah, they, they get love wet it. spots on their pants. All right? They pee themselves a little bit. I'm just saying. Because they get so excited about it. Even... Even someone as as fallen as Teddy Kennedy. They loved him just because of his last name. Mm-hmm. So JFK, you say John F. Kennedy, uh, you know, genuflect and when you say it. I'm just it's the way right. they feel. Well, I think there's With that in mind, here's what Bernie Sanders said about JFK in a speech he gave against communism. But I remember for some reason or other, being very excited when, when Fidel Castro made the revolution in Cuba. I was a kid and I remember reading that. And it was just seemed right and appropriate that poor people were rising up against rather ugly rich people. And I remember, again, very distinctly, a very distinct feeling. I was watching the debates. You remember the famous Nixon-Kennedy debates? That was the first time the presidential cam- candidates actually debated. And I was becoming increasingly interested in politics. Didn't know much, but was interested. I remember sitting in the student lounge at our dormitory watching the debate. And at that time, now we can talk about Cuba now. I was very excited and impressed by the, the Cuban Revolution. And there was Kennedy and Nixon talking about which particular method they should use about uh, destroying the revolution. And I remember the irony as we, we learned the history later on. Kennedy was saying that Nixon was too soft on communism. Let me pick up a point that Rick was making. In Cuba, we should deal firmly with Fidel Castro. And Nixon was playing the role of, hey, you've got to be patient. You know, you can't do these things, you've got to negotiate. But of course, what he was upset about is that secretly they were planning the Bay of Pigs invasion right then. So he he was the liberal, and Kennedy was playing the conservative. And actually, you know, there are, when you read novels, people say there's a, a sick feeling in your stomach. Usually I'm sufficiently unemotional not to be sick, but I actually got up in the room and almost left to puke. Because for the first time in my adult life, what I was seeing is the Democrats and the Republicans, both of them, and of course, as Rick points out, Kennedy was the flashing young liberal. And what we were seeing right before our, my eyes, way, way back then, and I didn't know anything about politics, but clearly that there really wasn't a, a whole lot of, of difference between the two. And you read the New York Times and you understand why they are not talking about what's going on in Nicaragua. Okay. That's the important story. The important story is not Nicaragua. It's not the United States government toward attitude toward Nicaragua, which is no different than it's been in 50 years. The United States has the right to destroy any government in Latin America that they want, and that's been consistent for 50 or 100 years. There's nothing new about that. What is new is why, when you read the New York Times, the real truth is not being told and how that's obfuscated. So if you want to read what goes on, and I was doing that. I remember reading and beginning to read about the Cuban Revolution. And what I was more impressed about is how it was being reported in the United States press. And I began to understand that you don't always hear all of the truth. There you go. JFK (laughs) was too conservative. Yeah. I was excited about the Cuban Revolution. I was excited about Fidel Castro. 
killing thousands of people. Uh, you know, just to be clear, he was excited because the poor people were killing the rich people. Yeah. Because being rich is evil. Look, there was corruption for sure in Cuba pre-revolution. Yeah, was right? definitely exactly. You know, Corrupt, but, but but he didn't say that. He didn't say I was I was pleased with the average Joe overthrowing the corrupt. He said I was pleased with the poor overthrowing the rich mm-hmm. because you know him. It's inherently evil to be rich, and now yeah. that he made a million dollars selling now his book, now it's just billionaires, right? Not millionaires, right? Exactly. But he said he made a million dollars selling his book, and all of a sudden he's like, "Well, I earned that." Wait, wait, you earned that? What mm-hmm. about the other guy earning it? What about the printer that was taught how to print using tax dollars for him to go to a public university? Isn't that what you always use? Right. Um, you know, what Obama used? Well, isn't, wasn't your education provided by uh, public tax dollars? Yeah. Shouldn't you give back more? Mm. And I heard one of his aides talking in an interview and a conservative, maybe it was Fox, it's the only conservative uh, television that I know of, said, well, why didn't Bernie pay more in taxes? And she said, well, he paid everything he should. Yeah, but he could pay more. He wants people to pay more. Why didn't he pay more? Well, no one does that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why, because because see, nobody he, wants to give more than they got to give. Well, and it's even worse than that. While that's 100% true, it's mm-hmm. that the left doesn't want themselves to pay more. They're oh, all, that's right. They want everybody else right, to pay They're more. all about making laws for the other guy. Yeah. Let me tell you what to do. I'm not interested in bureaucrats, in administrators, in bureau hacks, in nobodies telling me what to do. I heard something just yesterday that I told myself I would not forget, and I have not. And that is, the Democrats are the party that takes your money to give back to you so they can feel better about themselves because they're compassionate. And remember... When someone takes a dollar of yours, runs it through the Bureau hack system in Washington, and sends it back to you, what do you think you get back? A dollar? A dollar ten? No! No. no. You get like 68 cents. That's if right. If you're lucky, by the way. It's not how much a program costs. It's right. how much it takes to administer exactly. the program. Exactly. Robert's always a pleasure. Same I mean, here, my friend. To sit here and talk about impeachment it only takes about five minutes to kind of explain how that whole thing's going to work out. Now we get to sit back and see if the Democrats are stupid enough to do it. Have All right. it. God That'd bless. Okay, I'll see you. I'll see you down the road. Uh, tomorrow, J.R. Davis will be on with us in the first hour. We are definitely going to talk about this new company coming uh, that is going to be here in Little Rock. $90 million, 600 new jobs. We're going to talk about that uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. So stick around for tomorrow to 2 o'clock hour. Right here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.